Russia will now throw its hat into the ring. I've seen this Drago fight. Drago is a super athlete. I know I can beat him. Hey, Paolo, look, maybe the show is over. You got nothing more to prove. He thinks he's fighting for the whole country, but his reasons are wrong. I'm asking you, as a friend. Stand in my corner. Just this one last time. I did not come here to lose. Perhaps this simple defeat will be a perfect example of how pathetic your society has become. You're my friend. I should start this fight. And don't do this to me. Apollo is down. I cannot be defeated. Somebody get a doctor in here! Soon, Hogwarts will know my name. Drago. Drago. I let it happen. I gotta take everything he's got. He's had one professional fight, and one man is dead. It's suicide! You can't win! This is gonna be a time when you're gonna have to do things that other people don't think are right, but they're gonna be right for you. You gotta do what you gotta do. Has the fight been set yet? It's in Russia. Are you strength! All your power, all your love, everything you've got. You know what to do. Do it. He's not a machine. He's a man. Be more man than him. I must break you. Rocky is in serious trouble. Breathe. Don't be scared. Get up, you son of a bitch. All those fighters you beat. You beat him with heart! Get up! Get up! Get up. Get up! And now, from the Emerald City of Seattle, it's the Mike Cybert Radio Podcast. Your home for pop culture, Transformers, independent artists, interviews, Transformers, and stuff and things. Also sometimes Transformers. And now, here he is, the cream that always rises to the top, Mike Seibert. Well, hey, welcome back to Mike Seibert Radio. I am your host, and welcome to this very special episode, Talkin' Rock, the Rocky Forecast, uh, where we're going to be talking about the uh, longevity and and legacy of Rocky Four, as well as, you know, kind of the Rocky series as a, as a whole concept, and how... Uh, Rocky is actually in a way, or at least Rocky Four specifically, is kind of a uh, weird cousin of sorts of Transformers the movie as we continue our 35th anniversary uh, celebration of Transformers the movie uh, this year. So I have uh, brought together a really cool panel of, uh, of fans of both of those franchises that I, I think we're going to have a really fun, great conversation um, about 
about Rocky Four and Transformers, and now that that uh, that director's cut that's really got people talking, we'll touch on that as well. But um, but before I get too far, let me introduce uh, my guests. Uh, first, joining us for the first time on the uh, Mike Cyber Radio uh, live stream, a frequent guest of the show, though uh, he is one third of the Autopod Decepticast. Please give it up for my dude Ryan Jet. How uh, how you doing, my friend? Hey, thanks for having me on, Mike. I'm I'm doing well. I uh, I'm always up for talking about Rocky. Absolutely. Well, how how is it that you? Because uh, recently in a tweet you talked about the connection between Rocky and Transformers, right? Yeah, it's like uh, our one of our uh, co-hosts, Caleb, uh, talked about. He just on a lark went back and listened to a couple of the early episodes we did, and he's like, "Man, we have been talking about Rocky since episode one, and it's like it seems like something that comes up every couple episodes. I don't know if it was just because it was on TV so much whenever I was a kid, or." Um, that uh, I don't know. It's the kind of movie that uh, any of the Rocky movies I can just throw them on, whether either I want to watch them or just want something on in the background while I'm doing something else. But I've always maintained this franchise, and I recently got a Blu-ray box set. Watching them back to back, even they they're way better than they have any right to be. Like, and and I think in revisiting them, I I got a new appreciation for that because there's a through line in all of them that's very they're better than I remember even them being. And so I'm like, it's kind of surprising to me. And I'm I'm just always in a good mood whenever I watch them. (laughs) Very cool. Well, and and I'm excited to uh, get more in depth on some of that insight and those through lines because I I had uh, uh, some very um, similar observations as well. Uh, But let's continue on the panel. Returning to the Mike Seibert Radio uh, live stream last time he was on, we were talking about the Transformers the movie and this feels like a extension of that conversation uh by george he's got it uh author voice actor audiobook narrator and the host of the excelsior journeys podcast please welcome george soroy how uh, how you doing my buddy hello mike so good to see you and so good to see everyone here glad to be part of this discussion um i am also a huge uh fan of of the rocky franchise been one for many years and uh, Rocky Four was a big reason why. So I'm glad to not only have this opportunity to talk about this, but also to share my thoughts on the director's cut because I have seen that, I do own it. And it was a blind buy. I knew I was going to own it. So it was just a matter of what was going to be, how I was going to take uh, everything that was changed. Awesome. Very cool. And uh, and rounding out the panel is our international correspondent uh, coming to us all the way from uh, Brisbane, Australia. Uh, first thing in the morning, uh, bright and early in the morning, he is your Captain Boomerang. He is the host of the Unfunny Nerd Tangent, uh, Aussie Top 3 from the from the Steel Cage and co-creator of Transformers Reanimated. It's, it's my dude, Greg Tansley. Thanks for being here. Hey, thanks very much. I'm a bit disappointed because uh, I was told I'd be introduced as my legal name, which is the Count of Monte Fisto. I wrote that down, too. (laughs) You know, it's funny because, like, I I was watching a theatrical cut of Rocky Four last night. And when they go through all of Apollo's names, I was like, 
should I be writing this down? And should I be introducing all of my friends as such? Because uh, one one piece of connective tissue between Unfunny Nerd Tangent and the Autopod Decepticast yes. is both of those shows are are known for uh, how shall we say elaborate guest introductions, and <laughs> and it is and it is a a inspiration that I have uh, taken. In reverse, I've I've learned to just like oh you know what it, it's Ryan it's George it's Greg let's we're talking rock let's go. <laughs> well, actually, Mike, I, I, in that order, you know, he does fit the Count of Monte Fisto because that was the third third name that was given. So you have the yeah. Dancing Destroyer, then the King of Sting, and then the Count of Monte Fisto. So there you go, <laughs> it all worked out well. I love it. I love it. Awesome. This is this is going to be this is going to be a really fun conversation. I already feel it in my bones. Don't worry, audience. Oh, yeah. We have the old white guy uh, segment covered. <laughs> You're going to hear from it for sure. Yes, exactly. Well, you know, and at least we brought in Greg for international flavor and and to kind of break up the the dark haired fellow motif as well. But uh, yes, I, I think we are yeah. all over forty, so that that doesn't yes. quite fit. So anyway, so if you if you if you're There's punching that. bingo cards. You're not going to do very well here. <laughs> Thanks for that, Ryan. I, you know what? I, I no was, problem. <laughs> I was like, you know what? I just, I just can't avoid it. So I just, I just got to steer into it. It is about Rocky. So I mean, come on. Not, it's true. Uh, you know. it, that was another thing in watching these. I'm like, maybe it's just who I am that this is what I, why it's so appealing. Like, I think I don't know that there's a great demographic of non cisgendered non-white people the, the male, like female, like non-males that are into this i don't know maybe i'm wrong but it uh it feels very specific but almost although my girlfriend loves yeah. them so well or tolerates yeah them. well see and and i actually kind of want to started with uh by by sharing a story with you guys i um you know in in long-term relationships uh you, you know marriages or other types of relationships we occasionally run into blind spots right and in the lead up of this uh, this show, this this Rocky forecast, I came across a blind spot that I didn't realize I had in that uh, my wife saw uh, various posts that I was making on socials and she's like, are, are you into Rocky? I, I didn't know you were into Rocky. And I'm like, lady. <laughs> so I, you know, and, and I had, I had asked her, I was like, well, you know, I, I want to watch Rocky four and, you know, there's, there's this director's cut, you know, are, are you interested in watching it? And, and she's like, you know, I, I'm not really into uh, boxing movies. And, and I, and I, and I chuckle. And I'm like, playfully condescending i'm like oh oh you think this movie's about boxing <laughs> okay <laughs> let's let's sit, sit down and watch rocky four because i mean it's a, uh, it's um i mean there that's a weird one to start with <laughs> yeah you would think like why not start with the first one and just kind of introduce introduce the character well um, time and opportunity more more than anything. I, I didn't mm -hmm. I didn't quite have time to go through uh, the the other three, so I kind of just kind of called my shot. I'm just like because really, in a sense, when you watch Rocky Four, and I kind of called this out when it when it got to the uh, uh, the the music video montage, as I as I like to call it previously on Rocky, it's like you, oh, and yeah. I'm like no easy way out. It, yep. Yeah, and it's like. <laughs> mm -hmm. um, you kind of get everything you need. 
um, in, in a lot of ways because it it recaps those not only the first three movies but the first half of the fourth movie in <laughs> yeah. in a in a yeah. nice music video <laughs> format that mm-hmm. that's actually kind of palatable and and it's she's like oh yeah cool caught up <laughs> so um, <laughs> for those that came in really late. Yeah, exactly. If you're just now getting to the theater or if you've come from watching a different movie or something like that, you know, maybe uh, um, Crocodile Dundee was already done at a a different time or something like that. (laughs) I don't remember if that movie came out in 85 or not. I don't think it is. Okay, goodbye. (laughs) Goodbye, Greg. And that was our international correspondent. Uh, Please go check out uh, Transformers Reanimated, Transformers (laughs) Reanimated.com. But no, I, I I thought we would start by kind of going around the room and we've kind of done this a little bit already but I would I guess I would like to talk about what our connection is to this movie specifically Rocky 4 but then by extension of that our our kind of connection to the series and maybe kind of lay the groundwork for why you know why we're even talking about it you know like as i said it's kind of a kind of a uh, sequel companion um of sorts to the stuff i've been talking about transformers the movie all year and it's it wasn't until i watched it again because i i hadn't watched rocky four for uh quite some time and i kind of forgot how closely connected i mean i mean it's all through the music but also kind of like the music video sensibilities as well how those movies rocky four and transformers the movie do have a very similar sensibility and i was like oh hey that's why i like this because i like that so like so like for me um it's it's reverse engineered it goes backwards like i i'm into transformers the movie and then as I get older and I'm smart enough to to make connections, I was like, oh, the dude that did the music for the Transformers also did the music for this Rocky movie. I'm going to I'm going to go check it out. Now, I saw um, the Rocky movies quite a bit. Uh, when I was younger, my my dad is a you know huge uh, sports movie fan. Actually, n- not even a sports movie fan. He he's a fan of the TBS Superstation. So he's be- because of I mean we watched a lot of TBS when I was a kid, and I think uh, he's never told me this, but I think that's why he's a Braves fan is because we're just watching Braves games on uh, on TBS Superstation. But you know, like the Rocky movies were on there um, a lot, along with like a lot of like you know uh, Clint. Eastwood, World War II movies, uh, and oh, I'm, I'm, James Bond movies. A lot of a lot of these dad movies, I really connected with through watching with my dad um, on uh, on TBS. And for me, it didn't really kind of go beyond that. I didn't really get into um, Rocky as a series as a concept until. I, I was older, like, you know, I, I was I was probably maybe like in high school before I revisited it on my own to be like, oh, I can have my own connection with this material other than just, you know, watching it with my dad. And, you know, I even remember seeing Rocky Four and really not having that depth of connection to it. There really wasn't like that that lightning strike where it's like, oh, 
this movie is my religion now. It, it just that, that that didn't come until later. That wasn't until after I had uh, uh, been a fan of Transformers and kind of rediscovered it. And then after that, there there was no going back. I was just like, and even watching it last night. I, I had mentioned uh, uh, watching it with my wife, who had never seen the movie before. She, uh, you know, just she she's not into Stallone. She wasn't really into boxing movies, but like any time the music comes up, she's just sitting there bopping her head, just uh, just you know, and we and we just we had we had a great time with it, and so yeah, so for me, it's. Uh, I, I, I think I have a different relationship with the franchise that that you gentlemen do. Um, so I, I thought we could uh, we can kind of lay some of that groundwork and then, yeah, just just kind of go from there. So let's uh, let's just kind of go uh, clockwise or at least as far as I can see my tiles. Let's uh, um, let's uh, let's go back to Jet and kind of talk about um, your uh, uh, your thoughts on on Rocky four and, and the series. Yeah, like I said, I think a lot of there's whole that whole question of like, do I whenever you watch something as a kid, or you're like, do I like this or do I just like this because I saw it whenever I was a kid? And um, so I, there's a ton of movies that I've watched that I can acknowledge that are not very good, but I enjoyed them because I watched them on like for our local channel. It was the uh, Fox affiliate KDeb, and they had three afternoon movies, and you just I was kind of an indoor kid. I don't like sports, but I do like sports movies. So um, this was, and then I hadn't watched them in a long time. And I got, I started, I got the box set just kind of, I don't even remember why, but I got them and I started watching them. And they, like I said, I think they are better than I even remember them being. I like them for different reasons now, which is that I do find, and this might be a little, I don't know if I'm putting on airs, but um, I find that they are like they're very emotional movies. They're not really a sports movie. It's more there really is a heart to it where it's more about the character of Rocky. And like, especially if you see the first two, those are almost art films like um, three. And so I will say that four was probably I enjoyed it because it's very action-packed, and the argument that it is a music video of a movie is not wrong. Like it's a, that that criticism of that in Transformers movie that's not wrong. I will we'll get into the director's cut uh, in a little bit, I'm sure. But like um, watching them back, watching the original in the back and the director's cut back to back, I'm like, oh, this is like okay. I'll just say now. I, I didn't know I didn't have any expectations of the director's cut. I find it superior in almost every way. Really? Wow. Yeah. Okay. That's I liked it a lot. I liked the original fine, but like the what they did with the director's cut really heightened it because I always felt that four was a little bit of an outlier in that yes, you have the like, huge emotional stakes of the death of Creed, but um it, it there there are a lot of montages. Yeah. And um so it didn't really have the like the I like the, I think a lot of the Rocky films have this long pauses where it's just um, events happening in the character's life as opposed to action, you know. Um, and I think that was kind of missing a little bit of four. Like I never missed it when I watched it, but now comparing it, I feel that that way. But uh, I, I also thought of this of like. I don't know, like, to try to explain to a younger person what it was like to live in um, America during the Cold War, like, when there were two superpowers, like, this was all over of, like, the evil empire of the Soviet Union, and, like, 
the U.S. versus the and the threat of like thermonuclear disaster of like being attacked. So that was, I find it a little jingoistic in that capacity, and they kind of tone that down a little bit in the in the in the uh, sequel. But it was real; it did happen. Like there was like that this this u.s soviet um huge conflict so which kind of it's kind of like i think it'd be hard for me to imagine what it would be like to grow up in a world where i have no memory before 9-11 i don't know i think i may have gotten a little off the thread there but like um i just felt like yeah i i i think that again let's the Rocky movies have always been about the heart of the of Rocky, and they, they have that at the end where at the end of Rocky Four it's kind of a hyperbolic speech, but it really feels like the character. I mean, because and I, a lot of people diss on Rocky Five, and in rewatching it, I actually liked it a lot more than I remember. Um, but the the last line of that movie is Rocky saying, "I like almost everyone," which I feel like is a real crude crystallization of the character. Yeah. I, I, Absolutely. And, and, and a bunch of different threads to branch off from there that I'll, I'll try to remember to come back to, but a lot of good insight there. I, I think that was sort of a shotgun version of love. <laughs> like, yeah, just Fred Durst over there, just blam. <laughs> but, but no, I, I think one, one thing that is interesting to kind of parse out the Rocky series is that like Rocky and to an, to an extent Rocky two, those are real movies. Like like actual real movies, whereas like you know they they kind of get by the time you get to Rocky Four they've kind of become very cartoonish, in like you know my statement earlier it's like oh you think this is a movie about boxing you know it's like it's not even really a um, a sports movie um, at, at that point and, and and the series kind of you know kind of taken as a whole kind of becomes like a rumination on. Um, success and aging, you know, it's like, you know, like, I mean, there, there was a lot of uh, themes that really didn't resonate with me until I uh, watched them as an adult. And even as a older adult, like, I think, I think we were too young to appreciate Rocky five for what it was. And even to an extent, I think uh, Rocky Balboa came out like too early in my adult life for me to appreciate it the way I do now that that's a damn good movie and yeah it really yeah. Could, I'm sorry to, I didn't mean to cut you off but it really kind of go ties back into the like I feel it's much more like two and one and two than three and four yeah like from from Balboa on it kind of gets back to like it being smaller I guess I would say yeah I I, I think that's um that's astute um so I I'd like to uh, shift over to uh, Greg, actually, because, Ryan, one of the things that you said about four and it's it's you can't escape the uh, the blatant jingoism of it. You know, it, it's very much like I mean, even like in theatrical cut where you see like the rising glove with the American flag on it, right? Rising against the the flag of the of the evil Soviets and they're going to explode and all of that. So um, Greg, as our as our uh, uh, international correspondent, um, as as you're talking about kind of like the the uh, what Rocky Four means to you and kind of what what the series means to you. Kind of like you know legacy and longevity i would also kind of like to discuss how a series that from my naive perspective is kind of very american it's very american and kind of 
for Americans. And I, I'm I'm so I'm doubly curious how and why it resonates with you so hard. Uh, I think, well, it's funny. The first Rocky movie I ever saw was Rocky Four. So it's funny that we were saying before, like, why wouldn't you start at the, at the beginning? But, I mean, I would have – I didn't see it when it came out in 85. I would have seen it maybe two or three years later, whenever it came on TV, basically, and we VHS taped it, you know, and would watch it and stuff like that. You know, had a whole heap of movies that you had to fast-forward the ads and all that kind of thing. And um, But Rocky IV, I remember watching it, and then, of course, you get the uh, that montage, or well, one of the montages in the middle of the, the – the one which you said before basically shows you the first three movies and then the first half of this movie. <laughs> and I remember watching it and I was like, because with my mum and being like, oh, like, who's that? She's like, oh, that's Mickey. That's with, with his old manager. You know, he died. Oh, okay. Oh, did he fight Apollo? Yeah, he fought Apollo in the first two. You know, he was kind of the bad guy, kind of, you know, and then like, oh, look, at Adrian looks different. You know, she's got the big nerd glasses and she's this yeah. little, weak little mouse kind of thing, you know. And so you did get that wrap up of, of what had happened before. So um, and then when we went back basically then to the video shop and got the others. And I remember being really bored with one and two <laughs> because... I was just a kid, you know what I mean? And just like, this is boring. Where's all the punching? Like there's only fights at the end kind of thing. Like, and, and three, R oh, three is a bit better because he fights Hulk Hogan and then, <laughs> you know, um, and then he fights Mr. T and then he fights Mr. T again. And I was like, oh, you know, like that's, that's probably even more eighties than number four, number three, really, when you look at what got chucked in there, you know what I mean? Yeah. Apart, yeah. apart from the, um, the music video side of things and like the the whole cold war thing but uh you know i was always a fan but then going back later probably when they sort of came out on dvd so probably very late 90s 2000 kind of thing then i i got the box set out of dvd or i guess it would have been then and rewatched and i'm like yeah like this first one is brilliant like this is one of the best movies i've ever seen you know and then the second one is just a tad under that, you know what I mean? Um, and then when I got to three and four, I was like, oh, it kind of gets a bit silly here. I understand, Now I see why people used to say like, oh, they're not as good as the first ones and stuff like that. But that's just coming from it from a different like time in your life, I guess. Like when you're a kid, you just, oh, I didn't care. I just wanted to see Fighty Fighty because it was, you know, let's see more He-Man, let's see more Star Wars, more whatever that's just fighting, you know. Uh, Transformers again, you know. Um, but as far as the whole, like, uh, I don't know, super American thing goes, like, it, it's weird because we pretty much were inundated with 90% of, you know, American movies and TVs and things like that down here anyway. So it was it was weird. Like, the American culture is not our culture, but then in entertainment-wise, it very much is because, you know, we had, we got cable in, like, 1995 or 96 you know what i mean so as a kid anyone my age only ever had like three channels as a kid you know maybe four depending on where you lived um and that's where we would get these movies that would be like the sunday night movie or something like that um on just whatever the free-to-air television station you know and so half of them were just cut to shit like i remember seeing trading places and it was just like 
<laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Not overdubbed and stuff like that, you know. Sure, sure. Um, a lot of fricks, you know. <laughs> you slug in a dish. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> like there's that one. I the, my favorite one. Not to go on a tangent, but in Trading Places, where Eddie Murphy sort of goes like, "Get the fuck out!" Like this, and yeah. on the on the TV version, he just goes, "Get." out <laughs> just muted that but um but yeah it just completely muted those two lines just to be like Whoop. out <laughs> um, but obviously obviously with rocky there's no sort of real um i mean it's it, it's violent in the sense that it's you know guys taking punches that would kill a man you know <laughs> over and over again but i mean it's it was sort of cartoonish kind of violence like you said yeah uh, well, before it is especially anyway um and or not cartoonish but over what's the word like it's almost um over the top a caricature of what a boxing match would be kind of thing because it's not it's not it's you know like full yeah. swings. Mm-hmm. by the time you reached back the guy would have hit you five times you know what i mean <laughs> so. exactly and, and that kind of gets back to my uh, not to interrupt you but yeah i mean that gets back to my sentiment earlier of like you know for a movie about boxing it's not really a good representation of boxing like i, I have a good buddy at work that's that's very much into uh combat sports mma professional boxing and so yeah he, he'll just laugh he's like i like the movies but they're not movies about boxing Mm -hmm. no and the first every first two really do or even three to a degree because it's like you know you got to get that eye of the tiger back rock and all that kind of stuff um it's not so much about the boxing but it's it like one and two i agree with ryan very much like character driven uh stories as opposed to plot driven stories because it's like he gets a shot and it's more about who he is and you you get that real sense of like how Rocky just thinks he's a piece of garbage. You know what I mean? He doesn't think anything of himself. So when people say to him, like, why are you breaking legs for loan sharks? He's like, well, what else am I going to do? I'm useless. I can't do anything else other than box. And I'm not even good at that, really. You know, like he beats up Spider Rico in the first one. But, you know, they all say, oh, I beat Spider Rico. And they're like, he's a bum. So it's not even like you won. It's like you should have won. He's a piece of garbage. Um, So Rocky has, like, no opinion of himself at all in that first movie and i like i like the part in the movie i in um rocky where they go to him and adrian go to the uh the skating rink and he's just sort of running around you know and he's like oh my finger breaks all that sort of stuff but he says a real good point in that it's like oh no sorry after that Paulie's talking to him about like, oh, why'd you go here? Why'd you go there? What do you see? And my sister and all this. And he's like, I don't know. She's got gaps. He's got, she's got gaps. I've got gaps. Together we fill gaps. And it's like, yeah, like that's a good, like, mm-hmm. whatever, metaphor, whatever for, for their relationship too. Because like where he's, um, he's physically strong and capable, but he's not real bright. And she's the opposite of that. So where where he is strong, she's weak, and where she is strong, he's weak, and so he fills her gaps, and she, so to speak, and she fills his, and uh, you know, um, <laughs> and so that sort of thing. But then when you get to Rocky Three, it is a bit more just punchy, punchy, whatever. But even Three has a bit more storyline to it as well because it's yeah. what happens to the underdog when he's not the underdog anymore. 
and he's got money and he's overconfident and he's fighting Hulk Hogan for fun and you know um but four is just yeah it could be called like Rocky four montages because it's just it is just like oh, I'm driving home here's a montage I'm gonna I'm training in the wilderness here's a montage so yeah, yeah. I, the, not to interrupt too bad I just wanted to say the thing you said about Adrian Greg uh like I kind of wish they'd given her more to do in four yeah like, she has yeah. nothing to do yeah and that's unfortunate because she's really good in five and then in between five and six, she dies. And I'm like, so just as we're starting to get a good like beat on her character, she's out of the franchise. But yeah, I mean, they give her a little bit more to do in the director's cut, but it is, she is just like doubts him, doesn't want him to do it. But like 15 minutes later, it doesn't mean anything. Yeah, right. And, and then she up. just turns yeah. up. Yeah, exactly. turns up at and the it, cabin. And, and it, it doesn't have the same effect as in like Rocky two where she's like, I don't want you to do it. You're going to go blind in your eye, you know, or you're already half blind. It's going to mess you up. You're going to get hurt. He's going to kill you, you know, this kind of thing. And so he's training, but he's not really training. Like he's not into it, you know, and Mickey keeps telling him like, what are you doing? Like, you you know, you fought that guy hard last time. Like you got to do that again. He's like, Ooh, okay, whatever. And then, of course, when she has their, as a baby and goes into the coma and all this kind of stuff, when she wakes up and says, like, I want you to win, and it's just like, bing, like the bells literally go off. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's yeah. just like, all right then. And then because Mickey's like, what are we waiting for? Like he's just, you know, screaming. And that's when then then you get the montage of the training and the running up the stairs and all that. But it's all because he now believes in himself because Adrian told him to, basically. Um, whereas in three and four and that, you don't sort of really – get that she's just kind of the wife really yeah and and i i would say kind of like as a culmination there i mean perhaps with the expect exception of her taking the pass between five and uh uh, six there they Mm -hmm. you know back to filling in gaps you know they they do really kind of make each other their best selves Mm-hmm. You know, in, in in a lot of ways, it's like and and it wasn't even though she doesn't have all that much to do in four. I I kind of got a more of a sense of that than I had uh, previously. Like I said, I had been kind of away from this uh, material for a while. Um, so yeah, coming back to it, it, it was kind of interesting to um, just kind of kind of feel that 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 interesting um, culmination. So um, the only so- oh sorry, just real quick, the only thing I will say about. Adrian uh, in four is it does kind of it does help isolate Rocky uh, even further completely yeah. because Apollo's gone, Mickey's gone. Um, you know he goes off to train in Siberia or wherever it is. You know, yeah. And even she is like, you're not going to win. Like I, I'm not with you on this one. And so he's like, I all can't right, win. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I was in the Godfather. Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, but so he is really alone in that to a degree. But then she turns up 10 minutes later and it's like, oh, yeah. all right. Yeah. So, well, in in a in a ninety one minute movie, I mean, like everything happens within ten minutes. It's like, what what is time? And yeah, that's. See, I, I mean, would that's- have had her personally. If I was going to rewrite it, I would have her like turn up. She's there. And then, like, you know, after round one, you know, he gets walloped. 
and he's like, oh, and then you look to the crowd and she's in the crowd. So then all of a sudden he's like, oh, all right, now I'll come on then, Drago, we'll, we'll have a go, you know, kind of thing. So he's got a bit more of somewhere to go, whereas he just sort of turns up and goes, all right, I'm going to fight and fights. So Yeah, kind, but, kind and, of a kind of a reprise of the I want you to win scene, you know, kind of kind of call back to that in a way. And this time she's come all the way to Russia kind of thing. So yeah. it's, it, it is like, oh, now, okay, then. It's, it's a rehash, but, I mean, if these movies are nothing, if not rehashed to a degree. Yeah. Um, to, not as badly as people, like, I, I'm not one of these people that's like, oh, they're all the same. But they, they kind of are if you're yeah. to a degree, you know, where it's – this happens boxy boxy fighty fighty so um but yeah um so uh let's uh let's go over to george and i i know we got pretty deep into into lore so you could you could take us all the way back and then bring us all the way back uh you know kind of kind of talk about you know uh your uh your your thoughts of the of kind of the the rocky legacy and the the longevity of of rocky four well, I'm kind of the lone one in the conversation in which Rocky Four was not my first exposure to Rocky. It was actually um, um, a television broadcast of Rocky Three, and that one, that one is a great one for the kids to watch because you get everything like right there. You get three fights with one of them being a boxer versus a wrestler, and you get and the the size of the of the different people that are that he's taking on like with Hulk Hogan and Mr. T and you also get and i've noticed that this one is you know really um centered on on 3 it's really specific to rocky 3 is the sound of the punches in rocky 3 is very different from what you hear in all the other ones. It sounds like you are basically just like smashing like a car or something against a wall. Like it's so over the top in terms of their punches, especially with Clubber Lang, because his punches, it just sounds like every punch is breaking this bone and then it's this bone and then it's this bone with every single punch. So it, um, it, it definitely adds to that to that element and really gives it kind of like that over the top sort of feel to it. Um, but then I saw Rocky four, then I saw it with my friends and we didn't see it in theaters. We saw it um, on a, uh, one of our friends, uh, we were having a, a slumber party at a, fr- at a friend's house and his dad got the VHS and we got to watch that. And I was really taken by it. And I was also really interested in seeing what had happened beforehand because of that montage. And it was, it wouldn't actually be until I want to say like about eighth grade or ninth grade. That's when I finally saw one and two and loved them. I absolutely loved like as they were coming, I I didn't like two as much. I felt like it really kind of dragged in the middle, um, which it did. Um, But the, the fight at the end of two was fabulous. I thought that was that was just an, an amazing 15 round classic. And it um, but I was really taken by one. One really grabbed me in a way that the others had obviously grabbed me in a way that made me want to go back and, and watch them. But when I saw Rocky, it was just the original Rocky. I was like, this is it. There is something really, really special about this one. And it's no secret. That's one of my top five favorite films of all time. Um, so having gone through that and then experiencing Rocky five and 
the main thing that I really noted that I that I noticed was when each one came out, because you have, you know, 76. That's when Stallone was all he was doing was he was doing the heavies. He was in Death Race 2000. He had you know like a couple of other roles like that. And he created his own opportunity. And it was Bob Shardoff and Erwin Winkler that gave him that opportunity. They were his Apollo Creed saying that, you know, none of this happens without them, especially Bob Shardoff, wanting to read that script that he had. And he had just an idea floating in his head and had to fire that out in three days to deliver a first draft. So the fact that he was able to do that and pull that off was amazing. Then you have um, then 77, 78 passes. You get to 79. By 77, 78, he's doing some middling movies. You know, not not too much. You know, he was kind of make you know still kind of coasting off of the goodwill of of the first one, but eventually that goodwill runs out. So then he goes back to Rocky two, and and really and adds the double amount of directing them directing this one instead. Um, and so now all of a sudden you got like okay now he's back on top, and it's very much in the same sort of fashion that Rocky two went in terms of the film eventually that goodwill all the money that he had from that first from that first fight with apollo creed that's going to eventually run out and he's going to have to slum it the way that he did in terms of trying to get like one job after another then you have rocky three what happens then when well when did that come out 1982 what also happens that year first blood now all of a sudden he has another character that his that that he's taken upon himself, and now he's getting into that sort of feel of just like okay, things are ramping up, everything is is really rolling. Don't have too much time to really kind of dwell on things the way that you did with with one and two, but now things are going. Then you have eighty five, and Rocky four comes out the same year that Rambo: First Blood Part Two does, and that's where it's full on you know, Stallone. And the man is just absolutely invincible. He's not just climbing stairs. Now he's climbing a freaking mountain and, and standing up and not even just like, you know, holding this, you know, like holding up, uh, putting his hands to his knees or anything. He is like, he is standing up firm. And out of all of those movies, out of those four movies so far, that's the one where he's not collapsing in the ring. You know, he's still like kind of, he's weak in everything, like at the end of the first one. But in the second one, he he just falls right into Mickey's arms. Third one, he jumps and then collapses. But in four, standing straight in the middle of the ring, arms up, USA, USA. And then you have five, which is which is when, you know, like Rock went Stallone. Around that same time, we got Stop or My Mom Will Shoot. <laughs> we have <laughs> we have Oscar. We have yeah, you know, all yeah. these different movies that just did not cut it for some reason. And you know, he just trying to find his way back. So then it's it's really just like one big parallel to Stallone's career as it was going. And when I realized that, and I was just like, oh my God, like this this fits here and this fits here and this fits here. And I was that I was really taken by as well. And so then you have um, then you have him getting back on top with Rocky Balboa again, making his own opportunity. No one wanted to take that shot with him. He was the one that was able that really pushed it and really championed it and made it happen. So and then you have obviously the two Creed movies, which caught the attention 
uh, you know, of, you know, people like Ryan Coogler that wanted to, you know, wanted, were inspired by what he did with Rocky Balboa, bringing him in as the mentor. And I still say that the man got robbed of his Oscar that year um, yep. as in Creed. I think he was oh, magnificent yeah. in it. Um, so that's kind of like my own, you know, like run through with that whole mythos. I, you know, like I am a huge, huge fan of this. I introduced my wife to it back in 2006. And thankfully we started from the very beginning and um, she loves, loves, loves that first one. And for not so much, you know, but at the same time, <laughs> but at the same time, like I just, I, I get, you know, like the, for me, it's just like that movie is eminently watchable. Like I love, I love going back and watching it, I have so, so much fun with it. And I have, you know, was always taken by it. And it, I in, appreciated the fact that it felt so separated from the others because it was. He was incredibly separated, the character, from where he was back then in Philly. Literally, yeah. Yeah, and just as Stallone was. Stallone was completely separated from that. Um, and so... It was it was a great um, it was a great illustration of what he was dealing with at that time. Um, and when it comes to taking the shot to make this director's cut, I get what I get the reasoning behind it. He felt like it was too too far away from what those what the, those original films were. And he wanted to kind of bring it back in. And for a lot of the choices that were made, I feel like he succeeded. Um, there are some things I wish he did not do um, just for my own for my own sake. I feel like the I feel like he he himself didn't realize what he had with 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 the original Rocky Four, because I felt like he needed to. There are some there are some great scenes in Rocky Four and he needed to let them breathe. And I noticed that in the edits of for this one, it felt like the dialogue was too on top of each other, almost like a Robert Altman movie. Um, so it needed that it needed the extra time for everyone to just take a breath and let the let everything work out the way that it does. Um, I think like if you keep all of the keep the keep the robot, you know, keep the robot in there because yeah. yeah. like who the hell's watching the kid? So, <laughs> so, uh, so and um, so I feel like it there. The robot itself, like, illustrates just how far Rocky has separated himself from everything. And he needed to be brought back. He needed to be reminded of who it was that gave him that shot. Um, that's why I love the new version of the funeral um, that was that was done for Creed. I thought that was terrific. Um, I thought the, um, the additional scenes with Adrian, I thought were great. And they needed to have that moment where... Rocky is saying to, to Adrian at the end of it, saying to beat me, he's going to have to kill me. And to do that, he's going to have to, he's, he's going to have to be willing to die himself. And the way that it's, the way that it's set up in the director's cut, you can hear him saying that when he's putting up the pictures of Drago in his new, in his training place in Siberia. But at the same time, it's just, it sounds like oh, I should have said this. I should have said this. It's like a typical argument that you have with someone. It was just like, I wish I had said this. That would have made every made more sense. They have a good enough rapport that you can let them say that sort of thing to each other. Adrian just told him it's suicide. You've seen him. You know how hard he hits. You can't win. So why not just have Rocky just go ahead and say it? 
take his take a breath and and just let it out. Don't just walk away, and then just say like, "Sorry, I got got to film this music video." And so, <laughs> <laughs> so, it's quite in keeping with Rocky, though. Like he doesn't really get into arguments with yeah. people. Like even things where they go, "Well, maybe Rocky, you know, blah blah blah." Well, and it, you know, or you being an idiot, or you know. Mm-hmm. No, Rocky, you're wrong. And he says, well, maybe, but I just think, you know, like he'd always kind of almost agrees with people when they, yeah. when they put points on him, you know what I mean? Like, ah, oh, what are you, what are you been hitting the head too many times, Rocky? You know, well, maybe, but yeah. I still think <laughs> this, you know, and he's not just like, hey, no, I haven't, you know, he doesn't. Yeah. So, yeah. It's, it's, it's kind of like, it's kind of like he's, it's kind of like he hasn't learned from little Marie. You know, like from that moment when he was walking her home and everything, and she finally, you know, he's dishing out all this advice and everything. She turns around and goes, screw you, creepo. <laughs> and he just walks creepo. away just like, yeah, who are you to give advice, creepo? You know, so yeah, he's yeah, always kind of like thinking yeah. of that and is kind of pulling back that same way. Yeah, I get exactly what you're saying, man. Because, mm. I mean, Apollo says to him, you know, like in that as well, like, oh, I think you have been hit around the head too many times, a stallion, you know, if you think, because he says, <laughs> oh, maybe, maybe the fight's not against... Drago, maybe it's you versus you, you know, and because Apollo is just like, oh, you're an idiot. And he's like, well, yeah. maybe, but you know, I, I still think this. So I sort of like that about. Well, that was an interesting thing that I thought. I, in addition to like in the in the new director's cut that they put in right before that scene is him is a uh, uh, Rocky talking to Adrian in the kitchen, and it to my way of feeling it, she almost gives him the idea that maybe Creed's doing this. I mean, he kind of has the idea. There's a scene before that where he's like, "Why are you doing this?" But uh, what they're what Adrian actually says gives him, I think, a more crystallized version of maybe Creed's not doing this because he wants to fight. He's doing it to just prove he's not old or something. And like the very next scene, they're watching their old fight. And that's where Rocky's like, maybe this fight isn't, uh, you know, against uh, him at all. And um, so I don't know. I thought that was nice. They gave her a little something th- there. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Well, and, and, the thing also with with Rocky is, you know, he has the this casual good nature about him. You know, again, he he likes everybody, um, but he's he's not passive aggressive either. It's like you know, because you know, we all know folks that that can be agreeable, but are still kind of shitty about it. And and Rocky isn't shitty about it. He's, so so we kind of we kind of. It, invoked the name of the director's cut earlier and you know we've kind of gotten into some of the details of it and let's i i think a conversation of the director's cut needs to kind of include a conversation about the legacy of this movie which is kind of what what we're here for in that like i feel that rocky four has a separate legacy f- that sets it aside from the other Rocky films because of its specific sensibilities. You know, uh, George mentioned it, Ryan mentioned it, and uh, Greg, I think you mentioned it also, but like the, the, the thing that, that, that we uh, uh, touched on is watchability. You know, it's like, you know, you could just throw it in and you could just watch it where I think that's a, a component of what 
of why this movie connects with folks and kind of still sticks with them because it's a, uh, you know, good, bad or indifferent. It is 91 minutes and you are in and out. I've, I've, I've used that same rationale for that movie about the transformers. It's like, you know, that is 86 minutes end to end. You could watch that movie three times over in the time it takes you to watch one of them live action, Michael Bay movies. And, and, uh, Eight, eight minutes of the movie is is Apollo's uh, James Brown entrance. Yes. <laughs> so, <I> mean, <laughs> oh, <God. laughs> uh, so yeah, I, I think that that's what uh, you know, true fans or cinephiles or whatever would would be critical of it. But I think that's what makes it charming and endearing. It is very much so a product of its time. That movie does not exist out of the bubble of 1985. You know, I mean... Yeah, it's a very 80s time capsule. Absolutely. And so when... Oh, yeah. When the prospect of a director's cut was coming you know it, it it was basically like you know um all of us are you know podcasters and content creators you know we all have kind of like our covid projects <laughs> and and basically that's what uh rocky for the director's cut was actually no i'm sorry from this point forward we can only refer to the director's cut as its official title it's it, it's oh. it's sylvester stallone's rocky four colon rocky versus drago dash the ultimate director's cut that's the only way we can refer to it going forward. That is, and and I thought Batman v Superman colon Dawn of the R-rated uh, Ultimate R-rated Justice Carnival was uh, was was enough of a, a mouthful. But uh, Stallone's like, hold my beer. I, I got, uh, yeah, not to be. You know me, Mike. I do. I'm never pedantic. I never want to just argue for no reason. Um, but like, why? Why Rocky versus Drago? Why not Rocky versus Ivan or Balboa versus Drago? Because you're mixing up the names. Yeah, then the mismatch. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I don't yeah. know. I don't really care. It's, but it's, it was like, what a weird choice. Why not Rob it? It's a dumb name anyway. Why not Rob? I know you want to say. I know. You, I know you want to like try to say something to differentiate it from the other typical director's cuts. But you know, just I would just have say, try just something have, else. Just like try Rocky something else. Rocky the Stallone cut. That's what I would. There's something like that. I mean, I know he was the director sure. in the first place, but obviously he didn't, you know. Or, yeah. Or re, Redux or something. Steal that from, uh, what was it, Apocalypse Now? Yeah. From Apocalypse Now, yeah, yeah, there you go. Yeah, or or uh, and and Greg, you actually kind of diffused it um, a moment ago. I was going to say you could just call it Sylvester Stallone's Rocky Four, but he was already the writer mm -hmm. and director already, so it's kind of kind of hard to do that. But yeah, it, it is it is the whole Rocky versus Drago um, intonation that that just just really just makes it a mouthful and just doesn't really make sense, but. So so Stallone is in um you know covid quarantine and he feels the the motivation to revisit this material he's got all of this other footage I I'm not a prolific enough student of this movie to know if this is material that has lived in other places like deleted scenes or DVD special features I I don't I I couldn't say but the way that I saw it first build was like um, Rocky's going to do a director's cut. He's going; it's going to be forty minutes longer, 
or no, I think it was like it has 40 minutes of new footage and he's taken out mm-hmm. the robot. I mean, like th- th- those were like the three headline parts and really all of it just kind of like hit as a red flag for me. And I was like, you know, why why revisit this? What what is it about this movie that that would make it interesting to revisit. Well, I mean, again, quite frankly, Homeboy just needed something to do while, while he was hanging around <laughs> at, at, at home, which, again, all of us uh, uh, can relate with. But as the the release got closer you know i i i was hung up on the robot <laughs> thing and you know we we, we we've just, i mean i mean again I, i'm the robot fan here uh, as as we all are so but like for me that was symbolic of what my imagination was starting to create what a director's cut of rocky 4 would actually be and then other stuff came out about like how, you know, it was going to be, you know, more serious and more intense. Like the music is going to be more powerful. Um, you know, those kind of like weird hyperbolic, uh, uh, statements there where it's like, what does that stuff actually mean? And it reminds me of, uh, of another COVID project that, that I, uh, I consumed and that being Zack Snyder's <laughs> Justice League. And, you know, so it's like, so that, that is where my mind went. I thought that the director's cut of Rocky Four was going to be as dour and as earnest and as just gloomy and not fun um, as as that that second version of Justice League. Now, your actual mileage may vary, but one thing about Zack Snyder's Justice League is that I will say is that it is coherent in a way that the theatrical cut yeah. wasn't. It, it, it's yeah. good, bad, or indifferent. It, it, it is complete. And again, I am not. I, I don't want to litigate whether it's good or not. I, 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 you know, I run a run in. I run afoul of the Snyder Bros enough on we, Twitter. We I don't, did I don't, that anyway, Mike. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, that's right. <laughs> that's right. That's right. But um, but yeah. So so that's that's what I thought it was going to be that you know Sylvester Stallone's Rocky Four director's cut was going to be you know it's 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 going to take out all the Vince DiCola music it's going to take out all the montages it's going to take out all the music videos and it's um I have to go back to the original solicitation but I thought I had read somewhere that it was going to be 40 minutes longer when the thing actually came out and it was uh, it was debuted as a uh, Fathom event one time only screening. I I wasn't able to attend because what I none of us knew at the time was that it was kind of like um, a true event in that like it was simulcast. So like when I um, when I did my interview with Vince DiCola and Kay Meredith, we talked about uh, the upcoming premiere of the director's cut of Rocky four. And he had shared with me that they had been invited to attend the screening, but they didn't know anything about it. Like, you know, hadn't seen the movie, didn't know anything about it. And so the thing that Vince had asked, he, he had reached out to his manager and said, um, can you make sure that my music is still in the movie? Because that would be awfully embarrassing if I go to this thing in Philadelphia and, and my music isn't even in it because it's, you know, that that's not uncommon with uh director's cuts. Um, music by 
music by junkie xl or whatever <laughs> yeah exactly but yeah and yeah wait, wait wait to bring back that that example you know with a with a completely different score but you know vince had speculated that perhaps they were going to bring in more uh bill conti music which actually they did in uh in uh, uh the director's cut which is uh fascinating but the thing that that really struck me is that Rocky for the director's cut isn't 40 minutes longer. It just has a different 40 minutes of it, which I found very, very fascinating. I I had to do a double take when I saw that the runtime for the director's cut is 93 minutes, which is only two minutes longer than uh, the theatrical cut. So then it becomes like, well, what is this? You know, how how different can it be? And and um, so so I thought that's kind of what we would uh, uh, chat about a little bit. So you know, we'll we'll spoil some aspects of a uh, director's cut. I mean, you know, it's not necessarily a full. A comprehensive uh, review, but we talked about some of those things, and I thought we would kind of like debate and discuss some of those um, more notable, uh, noticeable uh, differences, and kind of whether it works um, or not. Um, for me, I so I I have in I'll, I'll confess I have not watched the director's cut end to end. I I. I kind of watched it and I skimmed around and then I skimmed back and forth kind of looking for some of those, um, some of those differences, but I have not absorbed it in its entirety. I'm trying to be, I'm trying to stick with my buddy team Greg over here who can't even get it where, where he's at. So there, there is no uh, international release. So if you didn't go to the fathom event, Oh, I didn't explain why I couldn't go. Um, yeah, it was at, at five o'clock at night, my time. So because like it was time to be live with, um, uh, still, came out did some q a did a did a presentation of it um and so yeah so rather than setting 7 p.m for everybody it was it was time shifted for whatever the the local time for uh for philadelphia was so that's but anyway so i saw it at five o'clock i'm working at five o'clock so i couldn't go um and then after the fathom event came and went i i i'll, I'll admit my enthusiasm kind of dropped a little bit and then I was, um, I, I'm telling too many stories way out of order, but I, the inspiration for this show to gather all of us here together, it, this, this is spun directly from my interview with, uh, with Vince DiCola. And we were talking so much about uh, his music in Rocky IV and uh, this upcoming director's cut. And I was, um, I was on my morning walk and I was listening to uh, this, uh, this new release of his music, this uh, this uh, symphonic rock suite that uh, that Vince did as part of this uh, uh, music festival in uh, in Spain back in 2019, and so he did it as a separate release. I bought it, I downloaded it, and I was just listening to it, and I was like, "Why not just do a podcast about Rocky Four? You know, we'll call it the Rocky Forecast. You know that that'll and, and that's that's just how dumb inspiration happens and just kind of you know it could be just a little thing but then i realized as i was communicating with uh with all of you guys is how 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 weird the venn diagram is between like rocky fans and transformers fans and that like you know through this conversation we're having here now this franchise is almost in, as important as the shape changing war robot franchise uh to us and i i thought that was a very fascinating concept to to explore and um and to get into 
I think this is supposed to loop back around to where I'm talking about a director's cut. I see I've confused Ryan quite a bit, but no, but no. no, I was just thinking I actually in my mind, I was like, surely someone has done the thing where you flip the score for Rocky four with the score from Transformers and just do the Vince DiCola flip. Like, oh, my gosh, mm. I would imagine yeah, that must uh, exist. Oh, that's got ex- because when he's running up the because mountain. the theme that that <laughs> Ivan Rock the Drago walks in on is almost the Unicron it, theme. Very much yeah. so. It's well fine. Let, let's talk about the music. We'll talk about director's cut later. Um, because really, I got a whole thing about that too, Mike. The director's cut. So we can, we'll get okay. There. <laughs> well, we'll we'll come back to it. Um, so yeah. So really, the the one of the strongest components of the legacy of Rocky Four is the music. And it's not just Vince DiCola's score, but it is also the uh, song choices as well. You know, we, we've talked about this as music video sensibilities, and I I like that. That's what I like about it. That's what makes it watchable. That's what makes it approachable. And that's um, what makes it fun. Um, so, but yeah, let's, uh, so let's, Let's talk about the music for a few. Uh, uh, George, you have also uh, spoken to uh, Mr. Vince DiCola. Um, could you talk about your uh, connections to the music and, and maybe some insights that, that he shared during uh, during your interview? With I him? had so much fun talking to Vince about Rocky Four. Like we got to we got to a point where um, at, I had an hour with him. And 15 minutes of it was talking about how he started in music. 15 minutes was talking about him working with Frank Stallone on Staying Alive and co-writing Far From Over. And then the other half hour was all about Rocky IV. And I was just soaking it all in. I had so much fun talking about him. And I got to tell him, I'm glad I got to tell him this, that out of my entire soundtrack collection, you know, like I may have, you know, like my old on time, you know, like all-time favorites. However, Rocky IV and Transformers the movie seem to be the most played out of all the ones. I always seem to go back to those two. And a big part of it is that score. And when when he was doing his when he was doing the talking about the score and everything and and he mentioned how he did a a de- of a demo of what would be training montage. And he put that in as his audition piece for Stallone. And as Stallone is listening to all these different composers, he gets to that one. And he says, and this was such a great sound clip that I was able to incorporate this into the intro for Excelsior Journeys. But he just stopped and said, who the F is this? And the the manager working with him just said, well, that's Vince DiCola. And he's like, the guy work, who worked with Frank? And all of a sudden, it just became like this this great thing. Like, I mean, he was already taken by the music itself, but then you throw in the fact that he had already worked with Frank Stallone and worked with, with Stallone himself. And all of a sudden, bam, he was, it's like, he was on the inside track. Like there was no going back. Like he was going to go with Vince and it really is a hell of a score. And, um, and it was, and that training montage, like, I mean, this is something that you always go back to. It doesn't matter if you've hit the gym even once. Like, it, it's something that you will, yeah. just, you will just listen to that, and it will just keep you going. And then you have war on top of that, uh, which is just tremendous. And at the same time, I was always kind of thinking about one thing, and I was glad I was able to ask him because he was, I said to him that um, both training montage and war they sound amazing on the soundtrack but they're different takes than what were in the in the finished film 
uh, they just sound a little bit different here and there. So I asked them, you know, like, were those the demo pieces that you did that got you the job? And it was. So when when he said that, it was just like, okay, so that explains so much. So he had to basically redo that in order to match what was going on on the screen. And um, the el- the additions that he added, because I also have I have the Rocky Four soundtrack, but I also have the Vince DiCola score, the full one, and I have the symphonic score that was that you had just gotten as well. And it's all fantastic. It's all absolutely fantastic. And I loved the take on war in the symphonic score because it was a combination of both. Um, there were elements of the of the the version that you hear in the original soundtrack around the middle of it, but then you hear um, it was basically bookended with the version that you hear in the finished film because there's there's a different tune that that's played for that because like um, in the on the soundtrack you hear da 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 you know like that's kind of like the driving force but in the movie you hear dun, 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 dun. Yeah, and so it's a whole different kind of take to it i love them both so that's the great thing about that whole soundtrack is that all the different takes that are done i think all work great awesome very cool so uh so how about you jet you're uh you like music occasionally. That's kind of the whole thing. I'm not really a music guy, uh, but I do like music in the in a specific way of that I absorb it through the medium of movies and TV. That's kind of yeah. like I that that is able like you know th- there's that old story about the Halloween film where they showed it without the score and nobody cared. It wasn't frightening, and then they have this John Carpenter score in it, and everybody you know it was very scary. That's true. Like, like music is makes you feel emotional about a thing you're seeing, and so that kind of I was afraid that they wouldn't have any of the Vince Nicola in the the director's cut, or that they would take out like the Hearts on Fire song or the um, No Easy Way Out montage. And I feel like they cut they they hit a good mix. Like um, and I, to me, to my, I watched the whole thing, uh, and um, it really is mainly the first and beginning of the second act that's different. Like the the the, the trailer, the trail end of the of the second act and the third act are pretty much the same. Do they get to the Do they get to the um, Apollo Drago fight any faster in the new edit? Because that's the one thing I only noticed rewatching it last night, which I never really noticed before. It's about the 30-minute mark before they actually start to box. And I was like, ah, because I remember I paused it to to grab a drink and was like, oh, it's on 30 minutes. I'm like, I thought it was my, like, in my head, I would have said, like, maybe 15 and they straight into it kind of thing. But it does seem that it builds, there is quite a bit of sort of character stuff for Apollo to build before that. I wondered whether that was, let's get to the, to his death kind of thing to then that's the, you know, but I guess that's almost the end of Act One, really, isn't it? So, yeah, I mean, in my memory, and correct me if I'm wrong, for you guys who've seen it, it's about the same time, but mainly the first act is what the stuff he cut out, like the robot, and um, they even cut out the fight, like the recap fight, which Apollo and uh, and Stallone have at the end uh, of Rocky Three, and that a big it's yeah. recapped, which I actually don't like. Mm. That's one of my complaints. Um, yeah. Not that you need it necessarily, because it's at the end of three, but it does set up a point, a pivotal point, not a pivotal point, but a point in Creed 
when uh, Stallone and and uh, and uh, Adonis first meet, he's like, I, I heard about a third mm-hmm. fight between mm-hmm. you two. And so it just kind of it's kind of reinforces that that I wasn't too too mad about yeah. that. I but. mean that is that is the very end of the third movie. So I mean if you were to completely remove that and you were watching them as a like a binge kind of thing, you would still get that, I guess. So uh, yeah. But as a, if you remove that completely from the movie, it also then it's a very early reminder that um, Apollo is kind of hung up on age and retiring and stuff because he's like, oh, too bad mm-hmm. we've got to get old, you know, mm-hmm. and then they. They do the freeze frame thing, and that's Rocky Three. So, for yeah. that to sort of then basically continue on um, as a major theme for for Apollo's character going into this movie, and why he can't just settle down with his massive house and all his money and stuff. It's like, no, we've got to, you know, um, I feel born again, stallion, all this kind of stuff, and that's like, well, yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. right. yeah. yeah. This is you can't let like it go. just one before I. I don't want to forget this. I don't know if this goes here or not, but just talking about the top of Rocky of the of the new edit, um, uh, the the beginning is weird to mm-hmm. me. Like it's the only one of my complaints. I really yeah. don't like it. Be- I really yeah. don't I do like not it because it is smash cut to uh, the be- to the end of Rocky three and way more than you want. I mean, like that sequence yeah. goes on for eight minutes, and 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 it excises, like you said, Ryan, the the part that you want. You know that 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 fight between uh, Creed and Rocky is gone. Instead, it's just more recap. Whereas I I like how theatrical cut opens. I mean, you know, as, as silly as the boxing gloves are, I mean, you have that, and then you have, I mean, it's one of the things that that uh, I I I drive my poor wife nuts. I uh, <laughs> I I watched a little too much Mystery Science Theater three thousand when I was a kid, and it's ruined my ability to watch things with people because I can't not make commentary mm. and so i so you know i talked about what a treat yeah, exactly <laughs> i i'm just a delight to uh you know and i talked about in our eternals episode on on funny nerd tangent i'm not good to go see movies with uh <laughs> but also i i'm not good to watch entertainment at home with but anyway where i'm going with that is that rocky for the theatrical cut it feels like there's plenty of opportunity for narration. Um, you know, so it's like you get the boxing gloves and it's like previously on Rocky. <laughs> <laughs> Meanwhile, I, at well, the Rocky residence. And I actually I thought the way that. they opened Rocky four was fine. Like I the theatrical it. cut was fine. It's the same as every other Rocky movie where you just see the last fight. And in this one, Greg, for you haven't seen it, who for everyone else hasn't seen it. What they do is they do open with the last fight with a clubber, but then Rocky gets knocked down and they have like like you said it's like a five to eight minute recap uh, starting they from start like from, they start from when the middle they, yeah, of they Rocky start with, uh, with Clever Lang knocking Rocky out and him like and him throwing mm-hmm. the throwing his his bike helmet at the statue and everything it was just like it's like, and then I get yep. why I get why he did this because he wanted to show like the start of their relationship in this new form but it but that's the only thing that I can really say as like, that's the only kind of excuse I can make because yeah, it went on for way too, just like you said, Mike, way too long, way too long for what they wanted to do with this. For a 93 minute movie. And speaking of music, the, what is the music they play oh, after he wins that fight? That it's is not the, piece, the same. That, that piece is called Sweetest Victory. And that was the one piece from the soundtrack that was not in the, the final cut. 
there was like there are other songs that they have in there that are just kind of like peppered in like the um the music that uh, uh sicko the robot is playing when he's you know just all of us when he's been reprogrammed god help him <laughs> uh, well there's no not, not that part like when he when uh you know, like listening to i think it's like kenny loggins or something like while you know and so and then you have another thing of um of him play, you know like uh playing around with the kid um and but then that that one piece sweetest victory it was on the album but it was the only track from the whole movie mm. that so Stallone must have had a bug up his ass about that because he was just like, well, now it's going to go here. Uh, no, I'm not. I don't like it. Any, there's a reason why it was cut. <laughs> yeah. So they spend like eight minutes recapping Rocky three. Yeah. Basically. Yeah. Yeah. Kind of. Yeah. Yeah. It, it's, it's mm-hmm. uncomfortable. It, it's, it's, it's not good. Yeah. It, it's uncomfortable, but, and that's when I was like, I, I watching it. I'm like, Oh no. <laughs> and I, after that, after that, I was like happy, but like that part, I was like, "This is not mm-hmm. set a good tone." No. See, that's the thing. I always thought that if you were going to binge the whole series, I feel that Rocky one and two you should really watch together, mm-hmm. and then yes. you know if you take a day off or or the next day or whatever, then Rocky three and four go together really well because of you build the relationship with Apollo in the third one, and then mm-hmm. the fourth one are the repercussions of him being killed and stuff like that and then you can sort of take a bit more of a break and come back with with five same again with balboa you know and of course then you can do the creed movies or whatever but i i really do feel that one and two complement each other well like when one finishes i want to watch two mm-hmm. because two opens with them taking yeah. apollo and rocky to hospital <laughs> you know? yeah yeah <laughs> and, and so it's straight out it's like this is what happens an hour later kind of thing and then Rocky three obviously is sort of similar because it ends with the fight, the, 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 the grudge match kind of thing. Um, you know, doing, doing all that sort of shit, you know, with, with Rocky and that in, their, in their Hulkamania, whatever pants they're wearing. Um, but then the four starts and I'm assuming that when he comes home to the house, he's just driven home from that fight because he has the black eye. And that's what he says. Who, the kid says to him, who gave you the hat? Oh, he, that's gone. Yeah, that, that's yeah, that, yeah that, that's, that's totally an gone now. That that whole that whole sequence totally gone, to where it's like you know. Meanwhile, at the Balboa residence, and it's like no, that 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 sequence doesn't even happen. Okay. That's all. I just think it basically cuts to Apollo in from the that pool. point in the pool. Yeah. In the pool. Oh, okay. Yeah. Right. That might. I wonder if that's to try and relieve the sense that the kid ages about four years. In a you know yeah. in a day in in movie time you know what I mean and then again he ages about five years it takes Rocky and Al and uh, Adrian about five years to get home from they didn't Russia. take a nonstop flight so you know <laughs> yeah no, no. <laughs> I I didn't mind I didn't mind I liked the robot but I didn't mind the cutting of it I didn't mind the cutting of the kid because it is like the, what is le- what is added in is more Rocky Apollo yeah. stuff yes. And it's it's and it's subtly tweaked mm-hmm. in different ways. Yeah, some stuff is kind of rearranged. Yeah, yeah. The, the kid in Rocky Four, as much shit as uh, is it Sage? Yeah, Stallone was that Sage? Yeah, his yeah. name. He's not great in Rocky Five, but I mean, whatever. The guy's dead. We'll give him a pass. But and like tragic for Sly, obviously. But he's okay. Mm-hmm. It's just. Yeah. Whatever. No one, yeah. the problem with that movie where the people go, "Oh, his kid sucks." It's like it's because people want to see Rocky. They don't want to see, you know, like Robert Junior. Um, yeah. But 
in the, the the version of the kid in the third one, he's very much like wooden kid actor, you know, like boy, am I hungry? Oh God, oh. yeah. <laughs> Dad, uh, you're late. Mom's did? gonna yell I, at you. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Your, your face looks like it catches me. I'd be like, oh, yo, oh, oh, oh. I just melted it. Right. You know what I'm right. you know? Um, But yeah. I mean, having said that, he's only a kid, so you gotta be like, that actor sucks. But I mean, there have been good kid actors before, so. Oh sure. I don't, you know, so if the kid is removed mostly from Rocky Three, I, I feel that's uh, four. Sorry, I feel that's probably a a, a good change. It, it, it is a weird, incongruous piece of uh, piece of a movie because so. So, Greg, we were corresponding on Facebook earlier and I was telling you about the director's cut and we were talking about, you know, kind of like how much we were going to uh, talk about it. And, and the thing that I had mentioned is like, you know, it's it's interesting, <laughs> it, I guess, is a because it, it, it's kind of like a a compliment a, a companion piece to Rocky four. You know, it's like you, it, it's, it's not like a Snyder cut situation where it's mm-hmm. like, Oh, there's a whole nother movie that was here this whole time. Um, it's, it's just more and different, but not wholly different in the, in the way that, that, that Zack Snyder's justice league is. Have you seen the director's cut or whatever you want to call it? Ridley Scott's cut of alien like the very first one, because... I don't think I have. That movie, or that version of the movie, is actually like, I think, about eight or nine minutes shorter than the theatrical cut. And yet it has extra scenes in it, like where, spoilers, they discover uh, Brett has been turned into like an egg kind of thing, and she finds Dallas is still alive, and he's like... Kill me, you know, all that sort of stuff. So Tom Skerritt sort of plastered to the wall, which then sort of happens in Aliens, which everyone thinks like, oh, James Cameron came up with this idea where, like, they don't kill you, they keep you and, you know, impregnate you or whatever and leave you there. Yeah, it's yeah. like a thing. And that was like, no, no, that was way back in the thing. They just didn't use it. Um, but there's those scenes, but the movie isn't any longer. It's just cut like some of the long tracking shots down the corridors of the Nostromo and stuff. They're just like four seconds shorter, but you do that 10 times and you know, you've got almost a minute and stuff like that. So I wonder if it's a similar case to that where the movie is essentially the same, but it's just got a couple of different things in it. But they, like you said, Mike before, they didn't add 40 minutes to the, to the thing. It's not like you said, it's not the Snyder cut or it's not, you know, the, the ultimate edition, like the extended edition of Lord of the Rings and stuff like that. You know? Right. Right. And, and the, and the stuff that's in there also is like there, there's slightly different takes like, like during like the beginning press conference between uh, Drago and, and Apollo, it's like, you know, when, when uh, Rocky and Apollo leave and they're talking to each other, that that's a completely different, I mean, the, the the lines are the same, but like the the angle is different. So it's it's very much like a, a different take, but it's still the same scene, and it has slightly less. It has different impact than the original version, where it's you know tight on them and they're having like a, a more private conversation. This is just kind of like something they're tossing over their shoulders as they're leaving in full view of everybody else. It kind of changes the tone of the scene, and that that's kind of the thing that struck me. 
about what this director's cut was going to be is that like it's you know Stallone had said that he felt that Rocky Four theatrical cut doesn't fit in with the other ones and something that we've all kind of been orbiting around it kind of does. I mean, good, bad, or indifferent, it is kind of a weird outlier. So I, I guess the, the, the question for both uh, uh, Ryan and George, since since you guys have, have seen it more uh, thoroughly than, than I have, like I said, I, I just kind of skimmed it to just kind of say, yep, okay, well, it starts here, it ends here, um, to kind of, you know, kind of sharpshoot some, some of the differences. Does Does this fit in between... Rocky three and Rocky five in this new uh, director's cut form, or is it, I mean, you can't unremember seeing 35 years of, of Rocky four. So I, I'm just, I, I'm just kind of curious what, what your guys's insight is on how successful this is as something that that's meant to kind of fit in between. Let's, uh, uh let's start with George. Um, yeah, I would say, and, and I actually have to, um, have to, depart in just a few minutes um but uh but yeah i wanted to make sure that you know that i got that i got this part out so the timing is perfect for this um but i would definitely say that yeah i it definitely fits it definitely fits overall in the whole in the whole thing and there are actually a couple of callbacks um especially um especially one in particular in dialogue to rocky two where he said, where he basically reiterates what he said to Adrian back then, saying, I've never asked you to stop being a woman. Please don't ask me to stop being a man. And, you know, back then it was, you know, let me, you know, let me please provide for you the way that I feel you need to, that I feel you deserve to be provided for instead of, and and then this one, it's basically just like, let, you know, like, let me do what I need to do to avenge the man that gave me this opportunity that gave us all of this, that gave me my whole life. And that's why, you know, like I would say the funeral scene is fabulous. I think that works so much better. I never understood the, the rambling that Rocky does in the original theatrical cut where he says like, you always wanted to do things the way you wanted it. And it was like, what the hell does that even mean <laughs> in the overall scheme of things? What exactly does that mean? But, you know, the fact that he was broken down and and said that you gave me everything, you gave me my life. And that right there, that is the that is the ultimate reason why that has to that this has to happen. Um I loved the I love the fact that we had the the actual scene with the American Boxing Commission and you know, which yes. which was great because that was something that was in the trailer, the original trailer, and they took it out. So they have that a great line by the commissioner. He's had one, he has had one official fight, and one man is dead. Like that's putting it out there, right there for for everyone to see. Yeah, that's that's yeah. a trailer. Line. And yeah. um, overall, I feel like um, if he if Stallone had just kind of kept the pacing in the scenes that did work in that in the original cut. Um, the scene between between Rocky and Apollo while watching their fight, he seemed to like shave off like a couple of seconds in between of e each line of dialogue. He didn't have to do that. I felt like he was cutting a little too close for that. Um, but if he had kept that, that would have been much better, would have felt a lot better, wouldn't have felt as jarring. Um, but I feel like... And I, I still maintain that like you got to have the robot in there just because like it shows how far separated he is from everyone else. And it also gives Paulie something to do. 
because the only thing he has now is the one line right at the very end when he says that, you know, if I can just unzip myself and step out and be someone else, I want to be you. And so if you're mm-hmm. just seeing this for the first time, hit you're just like, who in. is this guy? <laughs> you know? Um, and, uh, and, and hit the one in the middle. <laughs> which was great. That was a great piece of, that was a great piece of, of managing that he gave when he said, I see three of them out there, hit the one in the middle. And it was just like, it was perfect. It was just like, right. Hit the one in the middle. Um, and the main thing that I really need to say that, you know, this was, this part of it was far superior to what was in the theatrical cut, the way the Politburo reacted to his speech at the end. That was perfect because they are not standing up and applauding him saying, yay, American. They get up. They are pissed. They walk out that door. And, you know, like as soon as the cameras cut, those soldiers are going to be walking out to basically say, like, you weren't really cheering for him for the for the ugly American, were you? And who knows what would have happened after those after those cameras got cut? Um, They definitely would have shooed the USA Network guys out. And so, um, but oh, also, USA Network. Oh, yeah. It was awesome mm-hmm. seeing that again. I'm like, oh, USA, yeah. I miss you. That's good, though. I'm glad they, uh, real quick, I, I'm glad they did that because that is one of my criticisms. Even as a kid, I was just like, because I remember watching it with my mom when I was, you know, eight or nine or whatever. And she was just, she would be the same. She'd be like, they would not be cheering for Rocky in Russia. Like, that would just be no, like, and at the end where they're all like, yay, this American taught us the way of the world. Like, there's nothing wrong with that, but not in communist Russia in 1985. They would just be like, nope. Yeah. If all those people that are cheering, they're dead. (laughs) (laughs) So, yeah, I would say that when it comes to, you know, like um, when it comes to how I would, how I would rank like one over the other, I think based on the decisions that were made, it comes out equal. I would say that it has not done enough. The director's cut. I don't think it's done enough to replace the theatrical cut the way that the director's cut to daredevil replaced that. Because that yeah, was yeah. you know, like, oh, wait, we forgot to put in a story. Well, we have the story right over here. Let's put mm-hmm. it in. And they put it in. It's just like, holy crap, this is actually a good movie. So that's that's the way I would say it. You know, like you can, you know, everyone has their own take on on Daredevil. <laughs> My, you know, like that's that one's mine. And um, but yeah. I would say that, yeah, I would say if I was to rank each one, I would say definitely watch them both. But don't disregard each one. Because each one has their has their pluses, each one has their minuses. Yeah, a- absolutely, and it, and it and it for me it just feels like uh, weirdly incomplete. You know, just mm-hmm. like with with the. I mean, I I'm glad for the additions, but the subtractions make it less than a than a greater whole, and it, yeah. it's kind of frustrating. So, in a sense, like you said, George, you still you still need both. Yeah. Um, in a sense, like, yeah. like, like I was telling Greg on Facebook, you know, it's like, it's, it's, it's a complimentary piece, mm-hmm. but it, but it's not a replacement. It's, it's, it's something fun for those of us that have been a fan of this movie for 35 years to have a little glimpse of something more. Would you, uh, would, would you say it's like the Superman two Donna? Cut? Yes. It's definitely the Donner cut and the uh, the opening actually really it's way too similar um, how they just how they use utilize so much footage of the first film and just basically padding the, the running time. Um, so, yeah, I would say that uh, that, yeah, I would say I would say that, uh, you know, the, the Donner cut is definitely interesting. But at the same time, I feel like it is not enough to take away it's- 
it's, which not left new, it's not the new Superman two that you would go right. to. Yeah, yeah, right. yeah. Right. It's just fun to see what could have been almost. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. And th- and that's what I would say here. That's that would that would be my closing cool. thoughts on 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 that. So, um, okay. So, yeah, because unfortunately I do have to step away. But um, but thank you so much for this opportunity, Mike, to to talk about this. This is always always a lot of fun, and we'll definitely have to do this more in the future. Absolutely. Well, uh, thank you so much for taking the time, George. We appreciate you. Before uh, before you leave us, though, uh, could you take a moment and and talk about some of the awesome stuff you've been you've been doing, like new live streams. You're hanging out with horror hosts. You've you know, like even since the last time you and I spoke, the the Excelsior Journeys is is expanding even further. So if you wanted to take a, a brief couple moments and and plug your stuff, please feel free. Oh, thank you very much. Uh, yeah, every Tuesday, a new episode of Excelsior Journeys. Uh, comes out on you know like on all the different podcast platforms and each week I'm talking with different creative people up and coming established and creatives of all types and it's been just an absolute blast doing the show I got over a hundred episodes now that are in the can and you know this one um th- this things just keep on things just keep on rolling and uh through divine you know some you know divine elements of things falling into place um i am now doing a monthly q a show on facebook live with horror host ivana cadaver um who is just an, an incredible human being anyway um but uh she offered me this opportunity to really kind of come in and curate a um and ask me anything special with her last month we had so much fun we decided to bring in more people and do that every month so at um this time uh in december it's going to be december 18th because of the holidays but um but normally it's the last saturday of the month so that is uh that is always a lot of fun and i'm finishing up with my national podcast post month challenge show which is called from duck till dark outside the marvel studios uh focusing on all the different marvel movies that came out during and before the run of the marvel cinematic universe and those are the those are the main things that i'm doing right now and also just you know doing the audiobook narrating and doing the writing myself so there's a lot a lot on my plate going on right you're now. busy dude my friend you are a busy dude yes <laughs> but uh but yeah it's been a pleasure to to meet you guys and be able to chat chat uh rocky four with you know with all of you and um just hoping that i didn't monopolize the mic too much (laughs) (laughs) don't be shy my friend uh yeah uh so uh so yeah yeah go be with your family we appreciate you taking the time and yeah we'll uh we'll definitely do something again uh hopefully sooner than later i'll I'll see if i can get on the books on your your busy busy schedule sounds sounds like a plan all right thank you very much all right let's see you george take care all right have a good one you too missed last week's episode have trouble remembering that hot take you heard find it all in the full archive on soundcloud.com by searching Mike Seibert Radio. Now, before we get back to Greg and Ryan and our wrap-up of this Rocky forecast, including more of our thoughts on the soundtrack and how some folks occasionally conflate several of the movies in the Rocky franchise together, I wanted to share with you this terrific Twitter conversation I had after the show streamed live. So, very obviously, I'm adding this to the podcast and and just kind of uh, stitching it together, uh, not unlike 
George Lucas in those uh, uh, special editions. But um, I had a great conversation with uh, Deo Wizente, uh Thomas Deere. He's a uh, colorist and cover artist for IDW Comics. I've interviewed him for the show during TFCon Toronto. He's worked on Star Trek and Star Wars as well as Transformers. And he's even done a cover for Transformers Reanimated. But he's also a huge boxing enthusiast. And he tweeted at me after we signed off. I, I'm assuming he hung around through the entire live stream, but but he uh, he he shares with me, great show, Rocky is my religion. Now, I should also mention, uh, Thomas just posted uh, very recently a really cool illustration of Rocky IV. It kind of depicts, uh, it's kind of from uh, Stallone's perspective. You see his uh, back as he's facing off against Drago, who's uh, about twice his size. Um, and it's it's very much inspired by the old uh, NES game, the Nintendo game Punch-Out. Uh, so really cool stuff. It's an excellent composition, and I hope he uh, makes that and sells them as prints because it's a, it's a, it's a really neat piece. Um, anyhow, I've... Um I, I asked Thomas if he had access to the director's cut of Rocky IV in Canada. Um, I, I wasn't sure since Greg doesn't have uh, the, the Rocky IV director's cut in Australia, but Thomas uh, said he's seen it at least four times and had some opinions. So here's a quick thread of some of his thoughts. Uh, first, uh, the director's cut was really fun and totally more serious, but I thought the theatrical version flowed much better. Uh, the retrospective was too long, and it should have ended with Apollo saying, I got a plan. Um, I loved Sweetest Victory in there, although I I thought it would have worked better for the end credits. Uh, Bill Conti's Conquest is too chopped up for my taste. As a big score guy, it's distracting for me. Uh, the alternative shots and takes used in both training montages are weaker. And I know it was unlikely, but I had hoped that Sly would have used some cues from the Creed scores to sort of bridge the Rocky Four and the Creed films tonally, since in a way they're sort of they're sort of their own trilogy. Um, I do still love though that Vince's score uh, remained intact. Um, and why take out the fight between Rocky and Apollo in the retrospective? Uh, such a great scene, and it connects to. Uh, Creed 1, uh, Creed the first, where Rocky and Adonis first meet. Now, all terrific thoughts. Uh, thanks for sharing that, uh, Thomas. And um, as, as for me, uh, something I kind of neglected to mention during the live stream is that I, I don't specifically think of this new cut, you know, uh, Sylvester Stallone's Rocky 4, colon, Rocky versus Drago, dash the ultimate director's cut, I, I don't think of this as truly the ultimate director's cut as it's billed. Uh, the additions make it stronger, but the subtractions make it weaker. Uh, part of me wishes it was two hours long, or maybe even more, uh, just to allow for the new stuff to breathe without having to lose anything. I, I, I don't entirely understand... Uh, Sylvester Stallone's motivation for still wanting this movie to clock in at 93 minutes when he I, I don't know if it was more important for him to 
add the add the the never seen before stuff in or to take the other stuff out but either way with both cuts being 90 minutes and having 40 minutes of never seen before uh footage just just makes it just really odd because you know there's nothing that Stallone cut that I wouldn't want added back in uh, conversely, uh, aside from the amount of stuff that he reused uh, at the uh, end of Rocky Three for the beginning of uh, this new version of Rocky Four, there really isn't anything he added that isn't a welcome addition. There, there's I, I really can't think of anything where it's like, yeah, he didn't need to add that. Um, and, and for me, you know, a, a truly quote unquote ultimate director's cut would be a fusion of the two that that does pad out that that runtime. I mean, that's that's what we're here for. When we want something that's a director's cut, it's something that's going to be um longer than what would be tolerable as a standard theatrical cut. Um now I I also think and this is kind of weird, but I I I think it would be kind of cool um a way to kind of split the difference is if you do a interactive Blu-ray or something like on a, uh, a streaming platform, you know, like kind of like a choose your own adventure uh, style, uh, you know, kind of like that uh, that uh, Bandersnatch episode of Black Mirror where, you know, uh, maybe there's the, it either gives you choices or an icon or something to where you can select it, letting you know there's going to be some kind of deviation from the theatrical cut coming up that, you know, you could either watch or not. I, I seem to remember like the very first DVD for uh, The Matrix had something like that. It's like, you know, you could had a special mode you can turn on, but like every time like like this like white rabbit icon would come up, you would click it. It would either take you to like um, a making of documentary, some kind of featurette or deleted scenes, um, extended scenes. Um, yeah, that DVD is surprisingly robust. You've heard what Mike thinks, now tell him what you think on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Mike Cybert Radio. Greg, I didn't get a chance to ask you in more um, detail. Be- being a musician yourself, um, what, are, what are some of your thoughts on the, on the uh, music of Rocky IV? Um, I mean, I like it. I... I'm... I'm not a I I'm not a huge I like Vince DiCola don't get me wrong but I don't feel that like his score for Rocky Four doesn't really affect me the same way as the Transformers the movie does you know mm-hmm. what I mean like it's a good score but I don't sort of go like oh that's that music from that scene right. in the background whereas like the Transformers movie you know the Unicron theme that boom 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 you know that sort of thing and then of course all the like the battle of autobot city and 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 all this kind of stuff those themes are like yeah like that's and like prime death like the music that plays under that it's all sort of like this synthetic strings or whatever you want to call them you know Mm -hmm. that to me is more iconic but it might just be because i was a kid and so yeah transformers in general resonated more with me than rocky did when i was eight or whatever you know um yeah but the the songs though fit like that no easy way out and and, and what's the other one um hearts, hearts on, on fire, fire. hearts on fire you know they yeah. they they fit 
for the time, if that makes sense. Whereas now, like having rewatched it, I do. That were my two criticisms of the movie when I rewatched it again last night. Was yeah, it is mostly montage, and the songs are just kind of like, all right, like we get it, you know. Like it, it's very eighties, but I mean, it's not really a, a. I said it was a criticism, but I wouldn't be like, oh, this sucks, you know. It's just like. You know, uh, I guess, okay. Where I feel let down in the music in Rocky Four in general is the fact that there isn't enough Bill Conti, personally, um, because it opens with uh, Eye of the Tiger because that was such a smash hit from the third movie. And there are people that will tell you the Rocky theme is Eye of the Tiger. And no, it's not. That's right. a, no, that's from the third one. The Rocky theme is the Rocky theme, you know. Bah, 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 that's the Rocky theme. Run up the which steps. Which is not well, in the eye of the that that uh, eye of the tiger is the uh, Jason hockey mask of yeah, Rocky. There you go. Yes. Oh my God. Yes. <laughs> yeah. That's that's amazing. It's everyone's like, oh, that's the music from Rocky. Rocky three. You know, that's where I do my, oh, actually, <laughs> you know, yeah. like, you go, that's the song from Rocky. No, that's the song from Rocky 3. Uh, the music from Rocky, the gonna fly now, is that's the theme that you go to war to, you know what I mean? Like, um, so I, I don't feel that that theme is in Rocky 4 enough. Um, but I get what no, they're... It, it, I don't. I don't think it is at, at all, I actually. I mean, I, I mean, it might have been a little bit at the end, but even then I... They do it a little bit when he climbs the mountain. Oh, that's right. right. Yes. Yeah. Um, and also, Greg, they clo- they change it. They close out uh, Rocky Four with Eye of the Tiger in the director's oh, cut. Okay. Which they don't do in the re- theatrical, I think. I Correct. Think so. Yeah. No, no. It, it was uh, Hearts on Fire again. Yeah. Yeah. Which I, I think is which is fine because with the the reshuffled opening of director's cut. It doesn't start with Eye of the Tiger. So if you want to re-bring that in, which actually I don't think it needs to be there, but sure. really in a sense, like like you said, it's the it's the it's the Jason hockey mask thing. But it's it's like, hey hey kids, remember Rocky? This is what Rocky is. Yeah. You know, it's it, it speaks to the mainstreamness of Rocky Four. So I I would imagine folks that aren't fans or maybe even casual fans, when you say Rocky. More often than not, they think of Rocky Four. Yeah, I, I think. I think. I think when, like, if if I was re, if it was me, and like, you know, obviously with no frame of reference or, or you know, anything to, to ability to do that, but if I was suddenly able to sit down and recut <laughs> Rocky Four, I would. The first decision <laughs> would be. Are you opening with the recap of the Club of Lang fight? Because if you are, then okay, open with Eye of the Tiger because that's that whole movie. Yeah, if mm-hmm. you're not, if you're just going to open with whatever, then you got to have the Rocky thing. You know, the letters come across the screen, Rocky. You know, and then the, and the music mm-hmm. and all that because that's how that's the Rocky movie. That's how it starts. But there was just capitalizing on the fact that obviously Rocky Three was massive and 
you know, and, and that song was huge and that became, like you said, the, the hockey mask of Rocky. But, <laughs> I love that. I mean, I just fell out of my chair. I mean, that that's that's just that's a brilliant observation. Perfect. I, yeah, I, it really I is. I love that. I'm pretty good. I love that so I'm pretty much. good, you guys. <laughs> <laughs> but one of the things that is interesting about about the legacy of the of the Rocky franchise uh, is is how casual folks kind of commingle it. Like like for example, like folks think Rocky one and Rocky two are the same movie, you know, it's like, yeah. Or like the only difference is, is he, he wins at the end or something like that. Like, likewise, I think people conflate Rocky three and four, you know, in, into one movie. It's like, Oh yeah, no, he fights Mr. T. Then he, and then he fights Dolph Lundgren, you know, that, that kind of thing. And, and I suppose, and I, I didn't really think about this until this recent viewing where it's like, I could almost see where folks kind of get those weird misconceptions because of so much reuse uh, in like the opening and in the montages. It's uh yeah, it's, it's, it's fascinating to, to consider. Yeah. People be like, no, Mickey's in the fourth one. No, he's not. He doesn't. He's in the third right. one. No, he's in the fourth yeah. one. No, no. You, know you see images hilarious. of Mickey. That's why you're thinking that he's yeah, in yeah. the fourth one. Yeah. This is so stupid. But I watched, um, uh, I rewatched recently, I think it's, I think it's five or, it's either five or it's Creed. I can't remember which it is. Uh, but there's a scene with Mickey in it that's not in any of the other movies. And I'm like, I wonder if this is just old footage. And they're like, oh, no, Burgess Meredith wasn't dead. That's five. <laughs> like, that wasn't... That's five, yeah. Yeah. yeah, 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 it's five. And, and and it's interesting because, yeah, it's like Burgess Meredith passed away. I mean, obviously he's super dead now, but yeah, he he, he wasn't out of the movies because he had, he had passed yeah. away. It's, so, that, was... that is, I think that's interesting. I don't think that's dumb at all. Yeah, in five, he, he could be because he, the only thing he has left is Mickey's gym. That's right. He, he, he gives him the, has, uh, the cuff link. Has, yeah, and, the, he, and, the he, and he has like a flashback of... of training and it's all dark so you're meant to see so you can't tell that Stallone's you know 10 years older and stuff like that and then when he's fighting Tommy Gunn at the end he has like his brains hemorrhaging or whatever and he has visions of Mickey being like get up you know because Mickey loves right. you you're like yes Mickey get up that's right so that's I like how they did that yeah because he's very absent he's completely absent in Rocky Four, apart from yeah the flashback there's no uh, yeah aside from being dead in the flashbacks like yeah. like, my, like he he pops up like a couple different times one where he's super dead and then like a other couple times where he's just kind of like i mean i don't think he even speaks he's just like ah rock or something some like that i think there's a quick like three and a half second not even that like clip of the argument you know like uh yeah yeah you want me to fight the fight i'll fight the fight you know and when he, when mickey goes to him in the first movie to basically ask to be his manager you know, and he's like, my house stinks. It stinks in here. You know, all that sort of stuff. But again, you do just be like, like as a kid, I remember being like, who's that? Oh, that's Mickey. That's his old manager. He died. Okay. Next. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Well, and, and, and it is fascinating too. And I, I, I did notice this while I was watching theatrical cut last night. It really, uh, one of the trade-offs of it being so short is that nobody is really introduced like it, mm. it it is very much like you 
kind of need to have a functional understanding. Again, not all that dissimilar yeah. to that movie about the Transformers. It's like you needed to have some kind of understanding of who those characters are. You can't just watch Transformers the movie blind. You know, I mean, it's like you, you'll be horribly lost, which is one of the biggest criticisms of it at, at the time. And I think trying to string together this the, this theme that these movies are kind of distant cousins in a way. And I, I feel Rocky Four is kind of the same way, you know, like, you know, for some of us, Rocky Four was our entree in into this franchise, but still in terms of like the character introductions, it's not very approachable. It's like you, you need those yeah. montages to, there's a lot of shorthand where you like kind of have to understand what's going on. And well, so I, mm, I would say it's weird. Like if you've never seen Rocky four, like this is where I've kind of like, I guess most, I think of the ones of us who've seen the director's cut. I liked it the most. I think, um, if you've never seen Rocky four, I wouldn't necessarily recommend seeing the theatrical version. Really? I think the director's version is superior in that capacity. If you have, they both still exist. I like them both for different reasons, but if I can just tell you the things I did, the subtle things I did like about the director's cut that's different than it's not different. Like, like we've said, there's just little additions or changes. And one of the things was Dolph Lundgren is, does a lot more in the director's cut. He, he's downright like, chatty at times. Like, I mean, I mean, I, I'm exaggerating, but he has, I would say roughly twice as much dialogue. Oh, for sure. Not only that, though, they have reaction shots from him where it's like you see a lot of emotion he's just giving from his face mm. that I don't think is present in the theatrical one. Because in my mind, in the theatrical one, he feels like a baby almost, where he's just a machine pointed at a problem and told to kill it. Which we don't see any change in that until the very end where he grabs the Politburo guy by the throat and is like, I fight for me. There's much more subtlety in the director's cut where you see him like just be giving just giving face where it's like you feel that there's a lot more going on in there. And that is that dovetails with a criticism of mine in the director's cut, which is they cut out a lot of Bridget Nielsen stuff. And I don't think it's as powerful as it is, especially again, now that I could forgive it much more if we didn't already have Creed 2, but we do. And she's a huge part of that movie. Yeah. <laughs> and so the fact they cut out a bunch of her, the, even the part where he grabs the guy by the throat, she's not in that scene at all. You hear her dialogue, but you don't see her. <sighs> and um, I think it weakens it a little bit. So I didn't like she, that. As she much. reacts to that when he, when he grabs the guy and like hoiks him mm -hmm. up, you know, like He-Man, funnily enough. Uh, <laughs> um, she reacts like no stop it you know like mm -hmm. don't go against you know the boss kind of thing or the, whatever the right. regime or whatever whereas he's like fuck you yeah like, you know. exactly and the other another small thing they did was dur with creed um uh during the fight with apollo it's longer okay um by a few minutes by I by think. quite a lot and i I, uh, I I don't know if we're going part ways on 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 this, but like while it was good to see that material, I don't know if narratively 
that's actually important because I think for the plot, it's mm -hmm. it's more important for Creed to just get blasted. And, and mm -hmm. you know, it, it kind of um, I, I think having Apollo put up more of a fight and, and the fight stuff is really good that, that they did it put is. in um, across all of the fights, actually. They, the Like, you know, uh, uh, Stallone talks about how, like, you know, it just doesn't stand up to high definition viewing when you just see like these big haymakers that that don't connect with anybody. And so he's cleaned up a lot of that. And like, you know, it, it's still movie boxing, but. But it, you know, you actually see the, those connections, and 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 it is uh, more visceral and and more intense. But um, I don't know if it services that the plot that Apollo puts up more of a fight rather than just being like immediately destroyed. So he's more that's he's true more competitive in the yeah new version. It's more of a yeah, fight. See, like I can see it both ways because. I could see, like, yeah, he, that's, he's supposed to be just a Soviet powerhouse and an unstoppable machine. But, like, I also didn't like how easily Apollo was beat, necessarily. Mm. Um, and the trade-off, I think, if... I mean, if we take them both as a whole, the fight in the theatrical version, the fight in the director's version, I'll take the director's one because of two things. One... They, they tweak the line where uh, Apollo asks Rocky not to stop the fight. In the original, the theatrical version, he he says it when he's in his corner, um, or he says it during the fight. He's like, "No, don't stop!" Like when he's tied, he's tied Apollo Creed up. But in the director's cut, he's sitting with Rocky, and he says, which is a subtle difference. He says, "If you're my friend, you won't stop this fight." Mm -hmm. Which I thought was a lot stronger, and they drastically shrank the time between. It's where it's obvious that Apollo's in trouble and they're say throw the towel. It's almost instantaneous. Mm, yeah. And then the, the fatal hit. Yeah. Which I thought was good. Having not having not seen the new version, of course, I do kind of like the fact that Apollo just gets blitzed. Because in like mm -hmm. wrestling terms, for instance, like it's a squash match. Like where you have this established guy and then he's the biggest thing. And then the new guy comes in, like it's Hulk Hogan beating Andre the Giant. You know what I mean? Like, and now he or the new guy kind of thing, or whoever Steve Austin or The Rock, you know, taking down whoever. Um, but like, it's 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 what they call a squash match where it's just one guy has all the offense, and it's you know a minute, two minutes, one, two, three, done, and it's like, wow, that guy is in the fake world of you know wrestling that guy just destroyed that other guy and it puts him over and it makes him this big threat. So mm -hmm. to me, like if you show Drago vulnerable early on, it's kind of like, well, Rocky might have a chance. Whereas I think you need to be going into that thinking, obviously it's a Rocky movie, you know, he's got a chance, but like, as far as the, the story goes, it's more, this is this unstoppable force. Like, and it makes Rocky the underdog again which he has to be in, in every movie because when Rocky's not the underdog, he gets he gets blitzed, which is what happens to him in the third movie. Like, that's kind of a squash match when he goes against Club Lang. Like, Club Lang just beats yeah. the shit out mm -hmm. of him, and that's, that's that. Yep. Um, um, so, it, and, it used, and, it, and it's a similar in wrestling where you use the older established guy who was a star to then put over the new guy 
and it, and it makes it, you give the rub to the new guy. So like they 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 used Apollo to put over Drago and made him a challenge, so that when Rocky beats him, he beats someone worth beating, as opposed to just like, oh, you beat that guy, yeah, but he's lost to everybody. Who cares? You know what I mean? And that's what happens in wrestling now, but it's this 50-50 <laughs> yeah. booking where a guy will win sure. one week and then lose the next. So nobody's really on top apart from a couple. And then when they win a match, you go, so? Like, <laughs> I don't care. Whereas, you know, when Andre, I don't know, it's all pretend, but sure. like when Andre the Giant was beaten by Hogan back in whenever it was, 87 or whatever, it was a big deal because nobody beat Andre. It didn't happen. You know, so when somebody beats him, it's right, you know, right. and same again when Hogan has been beaten by in the past by people like The Rock and things like that, it's a big deal because Hogan didn't lose many matches, you know. Um, so it's it's kind of like it's almost like the Terminator, you know, like if the Terminator was sort of he's this unstoppable force in that first movie the whole time until the very end where they kind of luck out a victory almost. Whereas if it was sort of like, if there were scenes where they were punching the Terminator and beating him up and then, you know, it would be like, eh, like it's not a threat. It's like you need to just run away. But it, 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 it's different with this. But I I, I think that Drago need, needs to have just absolutely. And, and Apollo is so overconfident, which shows his character, his character has but it's regressed yeah. all the way back his to hubris. how he was in the first movie, which is he underestimated yeah. Rocky. And he's turning up like George Washington and yeah. he's like, you know, I want you and I'm going to win in three. And it's like, and he's doing the big rope of like, here it comes, get your cameras ready. Like all that kind of shit. Rocky, but Rocky can, yeah, whereas Rocky has trained the hardest. <laughs> he's going down. In it, and that's why it's sort of competitive. And then the second movie builds from there because now Apollo is training seriously. And so it's even more of a threat kind of thing. But yeah, I, I don't know. Like I said, I haven't seen that version so i'm sure that it, if they fixed up the punching and things like that then at least that's sounds like a positive so yeah and it's it's more of like just apollo that's, takes that's more cool. yeah than in the, like there's more back and forth like um it's not like right. all like drago just throws so more punches like, basically i think not if winning, recall, but he doesn't get an but, upper hand on drago or anything like that where it's that would ruin it for me a bit because no, it's, no, 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 really. he just comes out and he, he doesn't even throw a punch for the first 30 seconds and then all of a sudden it's just bam, 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 round two, dead. Yeah, no, Apollo's okay. never safe. Like, he's no. bloodied yeah, pretty well, much instantly. Sense. Because but then like, it's more tragic yeah, as well because yeah. you're just like this. Yeah. That's a hard yeah. thing to watch, that twitching on the dead. ground. Oh, my god! just like, oh, well, he's dead. They're just <laughs> <That's> <laughs> brutal. like... They're just like, get the ambulance. Yeah. It's like, what? it's a boxing match. There's like, there's doctors everywhere. And yet it's just Rocky. Yeah. That is the weird thing of like, where's the Rocky's fucking doctor? Just <laughs> right? oh, he's dead already. Oh my God. I... I, I I saw somebody on Twitter. Maybe maybe it was a to, uh, toy box so box. I, I I don't remember, but somebody uh, made a gif of uh, <laughs> Apollo just twitching on the ground, and it looks like he's just. <laughs> oh no! <laughs> oh my gosh, that's terrible. It's real terrible. He's a bad bad man. Go listen to Triple Takeover. It's an awesome show. <laughs> anyway. Um, <laughs> but uh, but I I'm sorry, Ryan. So we so we took you like on like a deep tangent into uh legislation um you had more thoughts about uh why uh director's cut is uh, is superior please continue 
Oh, I would just say, like, I like that both exist. I like them both for different reasons. Like, first of all, the theatrical cut, again, like, three and four, any of them really, but three and four are ones I can just throw on in the background when I'm drawing or when I'm, like, editing the podcast or whatever. And because I, I know I don't need to see it to know what's happening, I guess, really. Um, so, for like I would say, if you have never seen any Rocky movie, I don't think I'd start with either one of the these, like, start from the beginning. It's the best way to do it. But if you've never seen Rocky 4 and you've seen up to Rocky 3, I might go with the director's cut. I don't know. But, again, I'm trying to have it both ways, talking out of both sides of my mouth. I like the, the 80s capsule version that this is. Um, I will say, the, George brought this up a little bit ago, but the, the funeral um, that it, uh, for uh, Apollo Creed, in the director's cut they have a great addition where uh where apollo's um trainer duke is That's the first cool. one to make a speech yeah. and it's very good it's very very good and then and then rocky has a speech but it's very pared down but it's it's it was very moving to see his his characterization in that um so yeah, I mean I think that's the main points I've made about the director's uh director cut I I I enjoy them both, but like I was, I guess I was just really, really pleasantly surprised. Like I, I didn't, I was afraid, especially after that opening scene, which I think is a problem, but, um, I enjoyed it. I, I will say that cabin, the training cabin that Rocky goes to, um, in, uh, Russia, that seems awesome. Like I would love to go to a place that's secluded. It looks so cozy. Just, just real Caleb. Caleb and I have talked about this a hundred times of like when maybe in our retirement, we both want to go on like a Russian uh, cargo vessel for like a couple of months around the world. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> your face, Mike, <laughs> that's this is a thing people do. Um, but like I would lo- like the idea of just going to a, a secluded area where I, I maybe it would be like a Jack Torrance situation. But I don't know. I think I'd have a lot of fun just doing drawing and, and, and writing and stuff like that. But I think everybody thinks <laughs> that until you're like, I need Twitter. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think there's a lot of that. But I, I think that's one of the things that is so resonant about that sequence is yeah. that, you know, I mean, he's stripping everything away, you know, his his, his wealth, his, you know, access and all of that. Even like, um, uh, you know, the the part where Polly's like, you know, where where's the antenna? You know, I need, need to yeah. watch TV and all please, that. Please, and, please, my comics. don't tread on me, Jacket. <laughs> exactly. Which I never noticed before, but I noticed it <laughs> Right? Last Which like, is... Hey. Uh, no, but... That is uncomfortable. I was like, would, would Paulie be? Yeah. They, that is another thing they. <laughs> yeah, yeah. 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 That they. They in the uh, theatrical version, Paulie in the in the cabin is listening to the Chipmunks Christmas theme, and then they took that out of the director's cut. There's no, it's just, that's. I mean, they're trying to be more serious, but like, um, yeah, that that also, I do like the cinematography in this movie. I think the light and shadow is really well done. I think a lot of it's very beautiful, and like, ob- this is a pretty obvious juxtaposition, but the thing they do with Rocky, where it's like all browns and greens and rustic training, and then the Soviet Drago, where it's all red and whites and like eugenics very sterile and yeah yeah it's yeah they show they show drago running up the um the treadmill uh, the treadmill yeah. on the incline and, and he's running up the mountain and yeah 
chopping wood yeah, and stuff. That's yeah. pretty cool. That, yeah. that, so I, I had mentioned that it was the first time through uh, for my wife for, for Rocky Four, And, I and you know, you get to the end of the movie where it's like, what'd you think? And and um, yeah, she liked it fine. Um, again, she she's not she's not into uh, boxing movies, and and she had um, you know we talked a little bit about blind spots, and she's like, yeah, I'm just not into Stallone, you know. And I was like, oh yeah, that's right. That that's why we're in love. We're 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 an Arnold House. We're 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 not a Stallone House. We're 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 an Arnold household. But um, but anyway, it, well, you should you should watch uh, if maybe maybe she hasn't seen that one either, but you should watch Copland if you want something completely different as far as Stallone goes because he is not very Stallone in that movie at all but it's still an awesome movie it's a terrific so. or the expendables which ironically <laughs> enough and and so she pointed to that she's like you know i i like I like Stallone when he's less self-serious. So she loves those Expendables movies, ironically enough. But, mm-hmm. um, but yeah, no, it was just something about like you know, early Stallone that you know it's very earnest, very self-serious, and uh, you know that that just didn't um, quite resonate. But the the thing that she was telling me when she when I asked her what she thought about, it, and she's like, yeah, you know, and and it just goes to show that you know good old fashioned hard work will will beat you know all that manufactured stuff any day of the week. And I'm like, hey, you did the thing. You got it. <laughs> you got it. Because <laughs> Appar- apparently splitting wood and lifting your friends up in a cart is far more uh, efficient exercise than than running up a treadmill or running around a track. I don't think any of those things are accurate at all. I mean, all. It's, it's quite ridiculous <laughs> and not, like, um, chartable. Like, you can't measure any of no. this, but it makes for good cinema. I like, how it's, I like how it's like the old ways are better. Yes, as we, a, as we listen to a synthetic score. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I I tell you what, you know, and, and Greg, we were talking about the 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 music earlier, and you know, I I also ha- have a very similar take in that, like, you know, I I come to the music of Rocky Four from Transformers, not the other way around. So to me, it all kind of sounds like prototype versions of things that I've already experienced fully realized in a different movie. Like, so like Ryan, you had said, you know, like all the Drago stuff, it's all very much like prototype Unicron stuff with the, you know, the, the industrial, uh, uh, air cannon stuff, all the The steam, the the steam, the pistons, you know, all of that stuff. And it's like, yeah, it's like, you know, I've, I've heard this stuff done not better, but maybe like more fully realized, I think is, is a better way to put it. But I, I gotta admit, I was, um, uh, you know, I was doing a little bit of, uh, uh, t- tidying up around the house. I was doing a little vacuuming. And I'm all like, <laughs> I, I had fucking training montage stuck in my head all morning. And, and, uh, and she, I was vacuuming. So I, I wasn't really cognizant of it as I was just humming this training montage melody. And, and, uh, and my wife was like, is that for that Rocky movie? I'm like, yeah, kind of, kind of gets stuck in your head, and she's like, yeah, it's pretty awesome. Yeah, so. same. After watching these two movies like back to back on duplicate days, my girlfriend was like, thanks for putting those songs in my head all day long. <laughs> <laughs> Do, 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 do. <laughs> yeah, no, it's it's. She is also more of an Arnold fan. She her favorite uh, action movie is Commando. So see, ah, let off some steam, Bennett. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh, uh, 
So, gentlemen, as uh, as we because uh, it feels like we're getting to a to a uh, closeout point. Um, final thoughts on the legacy of Rocky Four, the longevity of this franchise, and and maybe uh, uh, things we I don't know might not have touched on yet. Um, Greg, let's uh let, let's see what's uh we'll check in with our international correspondent about of these uh very very American movies. I think I think it's still I think Rocky Four still holds up fairly well um, as a Rocky movie. I would say, like, I wouldn't necessarily say like on its own. I don't. I I really think you it it needs to be like the fourth in a series of whatever it is now eight. Uh, if you count technically eight yeah Yeah, with with creed yeah so Um, and i think i think like when they do creed three or maybe like this drago movie that stallone is going to make i i hear rumors that he's going to do a drago movie i don't know i i think i i need the full sequel legislation it should be like um rocky eight colon creed two like Like rocky nine dash creed three colon drago or something like that just I, um, uh, I, comp- go ahead oh no i was gonna say but i i think i think yeah going back to watch it it, it it's it sort of lessens for me every time i rewatch it i think just because there isn't a lot of substance to the movie like it is um like recap this is rocky is rich apollo is unhappy in retirement you get apollo versus drago which ends tragically all of a sudden, Rocky's going to Russia. Montage, montage, montage. Big fight. You know, there's not a lot going on. And without those, some of those montages, what's the runtime? Like yeah. 75 minutes, maybe, you know? So, Something like that. You know, like if it, it does. But then in having said that, it does serve its purpose very well for someone who's never seen a Rocky movie before to just put it in and watch it and they don't want to if you just want like i just want a fighty fighty rocky movie um because you don't then have to have an hour of rocky walking the streets with his little ball you know which is awesome like i said rocky's when i did my 40 for 40 series a few years ago the i did 40 i did 40 movie reviews for 40 weeks and at the end of it i turned 40 so um but like rocky was number six <laughs> and um you know that's so it's one of my favorite movies of all time but so to me that stuff's not boring because it's rocky you know um but yeah if you just want a quick 90 minute watch and you don't want to be bogged down in four other movies worth of stuff it's got the quick recaps of that's what adrian used to look like she worked at the pet shop that's paulie that's where rocky started punching meat you know <laughs> like um yeah that's Mickey, that's Apollo, that's when they fought, then he fought Mr. T, you know, now we're here. Okay, great. Um, the Russian is the big unstoppable force. Rocky's got to train in the wilderness because, you know, because he's sad because his friend died, basically. Um, and he didn't couldn't save him. Is that another parallel? Did he sort of, did the, uh, is Rocky Hot Rod in this movie and kind of got involved? In, in a way. And, it, it could have saved. Well, time, uh, but didn't. <laughs> I mean, I, I would say especially in in the director's cut because you know that it's 
it is well no i guess not um, i don't think that works i'll just no. say i don't think it works it's like once you start pulling at that taffy too much it's like oh no that that really falls apart really quick but but i i appreciate the effort. Also, uh, he doesn't he doesn't throw the towel in when he, in the in the theatrical one at least he doesn't throw the towel in when he has a chance and then he's too late and then he sort of yeah. dropped yeah, it. Yeah, it's it's kind of the same, except but like as, as Ryan said, it's 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 more more uh, it's faster and it's more simultaneous. Yeah. Mm-hmm. In this, if, I guess if if Rocky was truly hot rod, he would be like halfway through the match and he'd be like, "Hey Apollo, look over here!" And Apollo would mm-hmm. be like, "Huh?" <laughs> <laughs> you know, like that would be the yeah, only, what's like... going on over there. And then Drago would uh... slug him out of nowhere. <laughs> Uh, so, so yeah, so I need like a little bit of ADR where like they're waiting for the doctors and, and he's, uh, Rocky is cradling Apollo. He's like, Apollo, forgive yeah, yeah, me. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Apollo's like, no. <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Oh man, now, now I now I want a new version of the end where like the the uh, uh Russians are just kind of the the fleeing Decepticons. Yeah. <laughs> it's like how do you feel, mighty Drago? Mm. Yeah. <laughs> this is uh this is officially off the rails. Uh gentlemen, this has been an absolute blast. Um Ryan, uh uh final thoughts. Yeah. Um, I would say I would agree with Greg on on, on his points. Um, I would say this is a popcorn movie, like yeah. it's uh, it's not like Rocky, where if you want to, if you've never again seen any Rocky movies, I recommend from going from the beginning. But understand that it's something you have to emotionally invest in. Whereas this one, it's not like you don't. It just is. It's just what it is. There's there's not a lot more deeper to dig into it. It's kind of all up there on the screen. Um, I would say, of course, since every analogy for me has to be booze related, um, this the theatrical version will be like a shot of rye, which is satisfying. Kind of one note. I would say the the director's cut is the same, but it's the same shot of rye, but like in an old fashioned. Like there's something a little more complex there. There's a little more subtlety to it that you have to watch. Like again, like I just keep coming back to the 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 emotional reactions that Drago gives. Basically, Dolph Lundgren, I feel like is not given a. I feel like he's given a lot of short shrift as an actor, and I think he is good. And I think that this movie shows that he does have some ability in there. Um, I will just I will say two of my favorite lines from this movie. The the turn in um the fight the the last fight with rocky and drago where they, they go he's cut and it's a bad cut where they hit the, <laughs> here's drago i yeah. that's so it's never gonna not delight me i'm like yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then the part where Polly goes hit the one in the middle is the best yeah, yeah i like that that yeah. that's that's pretty that's pretty terrific mm-hmm. All right, gentlemen. Well, I think uh, that will about do it. Let's uh, let's uh, close out with uh, with plug time. So, you know, uh, Greg, you got you got Transformers reanimated. You got Unfunny Nerd Tangent. You got Aussie Top Three. Uh, tell the tell the folks at home about all the cool stuff that uh, that that you got going on and where we can uh, catch up with you on the internets and connect with you on the social medias. Uh, yeah, thanks. Um... Well, I guess I spoke about sort of wrestling before. If if you're sort of a fan of wrestling, I, I do a couple of shows on the, the Steel Cage podcast network, which is mostly wrestling related. I do a one wrestling show, which is called Aussie Top 3, which is myself and two other Aussies, uh, Stacey and Steve. And we basically pick a topic and we give our top three. So 
top three world champions, top three worst this, top three best that, top three WrestleMania matches, SummerSlam moments, whatever you want to pick. Um, we we have a number of topics and we just sort of rattle them off and and talk about that. Uh, it's a it's been fun doing that show because wrestling at the moment is pretty bad, so it's not it's not really fun to watch or talk about at the moment. But it's fun to go back and watch all the old stuff and reminisce of, about you know the times when we enjoyed it a lot more. So um, uh, also on the Steel Cage Network, but it is on its own feed as well. If you're not interested in the wrestling, is Unfunny Nerd Tangent. So you can you can get the Unfunny Nerd Tangent shows through the Steel Cage feed, or you can just get the Unfunny Nerd Tangent shows if you're not interested in wrestling at all. You just want to hear about movies and TVs, uh, TV shows. We pretty much just break down whatever's come out or like whether it was Eternals, which was our latest episode uh, with you, Mike. Um, and it, But in the past, we've done, you know, we've done most of the Marvel movies, but we have gone back and done some classics like, you know, Jurassic Park and, and Big Trouble in Little China and, and stuff like that. Uh, and pretty soon we should be tackling part two of the Netflix Masters of the Universe Revelation, which the first episode was a lot of fun. <laughs> yeah, buddy. Uh, so I think this that, one that, could, that He-Man's got a lot of people be, talking. Uh, pretty good as well. Um, and then Transformers Reanimated is a project I'm doing with Yoshi, uh, formerly of Trans- the Transmissions podcast. And basically we're filling in the gap in comic book script form between season two of the Transformers series and the movie which we've spoken about on here so obviously in the movie certain characters appear ultra magnus hot rod blur you know like who were they where did they come from certain characters disappear there's no more red alert there's no more tracks there's no more sideswipe where are they uh and of course the status quo has shifted where you know the decepticons are in charge of cybertron and things like that so we're trying to in, in universe there's a 20 year gap because the the series ends in 85 and then in the movie it's set in 2005 so what happened in that gap well we're sort of filling filling in that gap and we're on issue 28 at the moment uh with we they're not full comics they're just the scripts but we do get cover art by various artists. Ryan has done some for us, which have been awesome. Uh, I really like the Piranacon one. <laughs> I, that, you beat me to it. I was going to say, I really that, like Jet's take on Piranacon. One of my favorites so cool. of all the covers we've had done, actually. Uh, but the latest cover for issue 28 yeah. was done by uh, Bob Budiansky. So... Uh, you know, people familiar with Transformers will will recognize the name. He's basically the guy that was handed a bunch of toys in 1984 and told to come up with names and characters, and he did. So I think barring Optimus Prime, he pretty much named nearly every G1 Transformer, at least in the first two seasons um, of the, or around that time. Uh, so, yeah, um, there it is. There. So that is Blur because and you'll see that blur looks a little bit different on that he looks a little larger possibly slower um and in our sort of nod to um dr manhattan that story kind of reveals how blur becomes blur um but yeah so bob budiansky did the cover for us which is awesome because a lot of people recognize him as the writer on the original 
sort of first half of, of those Marvel Transformers comics, but a lot of people don't realize that he actually uh, is an artist as well, uh, as you can see there on the screen. And uh, we, we threw in a little Jack Angel tribute um, at the top there with the corner number box there uh, since he passed away recently. Um, but, yeah, transformersreanimated.com is where you can go to get any of those scripts, plus there's the occasional... Um, article and stuff that Yoshi or I will put up about how we came up with the story or how whatever we got to um, but yeah that's that's pretty oh and next month of course will be yet another Christmas issue for reanimated so nice fun. Uh, it's, very cool um, it's called uh, Christmas with Reflector if that has any Excellent. value in a tease <laughs> I, I, well, I'm excited for that I, I just I, I love what you guys have been doing with the project it is uh, it is so cool oh thanks yeah it's been a lot of fun because we, we've been able to deep dive into some characters and stuff where they weren't given like for instance I did a bunch of research on Blur and I was like from what I can tell I could be wrong there has never really been an origin story for Blur he's just he's fast okay why is he fast? He just is. Well, we've we've come up with an origin story where he becomes blur kind of thing. Um, but we've you know we've been able to deep dive and bring back like the female Autobots and stuff like that, and obviously Piranacons are like a character where it was never in the in the show at all. Um, the Omnibots and the Monstercons and things like that, like where they were never you or pretenders we're sort of working on that sort of stuff so because there's 20 years so you can have a bunch of stuff that comes and goes and then you know without having to sort of just be like oh well that was never in the show we can't do that so so yeah it's been fun it's it's good and we've got plenty we've got plenty left so yeah (laughs) (laughs) that's i mean because i mean you're you're what at least like a dozen ahead or or something you told me once it's like like, you're pretty dang fun wow please I think we've got that's a lot. We've got scripts up until about <laughs> issue fifty-two or something like that. I think so. They're wow. not all perfect. They're not all perfect. Like haven't, we haven't perfectly edited them on all that, but we're at least like you could dump like at least a solid twenty-five just down and go. These are done. Boom. So. Yeah. But basically, like it's it's not going to end anytime soon. This is this is the, it it's it's become self sustaining at this point. Yeah, we <laughs> we won't be stopping. It'll only it'll only stop if we are stopped. Let's put it that way. <laughs> so I hear you loud and clear. <laughs> cool. Well, again, it's it's always it's always a pleasure uh, hanging out with you, and and thanks for uh, taking the time to join us here this evening. It's very much appreciated, Ryan Jet. Yeah. My, uh, my best good friend uh let's uh let's talk about everybody's favorite rocky adjacent transformers podcast right. uh, uh what's uh wh- what's new with the apdc um well if any of you know mr cybert and aren't aware of the autopod decepticast shame on you or him (laughs) yeah full stop um uh our podcast covered transformers the movie one minute at a time and we started reviewing g1 episodes after that in order uh we're almost finished with season two our next episode episode is cosmic rust uh which comes out december 5th dropping on all uh the the podcast things um basically it's just three lifelong transformers uh well lifelong friends talking transformers caleb tolerates transformers he's aware of them 
He's our every man. <laughs> Since he's not on the podcast to defend himself. Um, right, right. And it's pretty funny, if I do say so myself. Uh, there's this guy, Ryan, and he's the best one. He's the cutest. <laughs> uh, you can listen to us anywhere you can find podcasts. Um, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, TuneIn. We have a website at autopoddecepticast.com. We have posters, buttons. We have like, the ones you can see behind me. There's some of our merch yeah. back there. I want um, that and all kinds of other tchotchkes. Yeah. Awesome. Uh, uh, we're on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. Twitter's where we're the most active. Um, all at APODDCast. And we have a Patreon at patreon.com slash APODDCast. And uh, we're just... Our, uh, our booty boxes for our patrons are getting ready to come out. They will be out and shipped before the end of the year right now is what we're shooting at. So awesome yeah. i i just saw recently a a uh a mock-up of a new uh button mm-hmm. for the new button set that's going to be coming that's uh the fifth, the fifth base, base. <laughs> <laughs> so i i'm i'm really excited about that and uh and again it's uh it, it's it's always cool kicking it with you ryan and uh and i'm you know, it's as we're closing out this kind of uh, Thanksgiving weekend here in the States, I just want to uh, be self-indulgent for a moment and talk about how I am thankful and grateful for uh, my friends on the Internet. Um, you know, a, a couple few years ago, I didn't necessarily have as many friends my age as I do now. And I, I, I never would have thought that we would have spent two and a half hours talking about Rocky four on, on a, a, on a video podcast programming. So I, I am, uh, uh, thankful for you guys for, for, uh, uh, taking the time and joining me and for, uh, for being my friend. I really appreciate yeah, it. Yeah, absolutely. You. Thank you, Mike. And I, I, I thank you for having us on. It's always good to talk to you. We always enjoy um, our interactions. It's fun. Yeah. yeah, it's been good. All right. Well, and with that, let's uh, let's uh, close things out. Uh, that that will wrap things up for this week's episode. Thank you so much for listening and for hanging out with us. And if you want to listen to all of my past shows, uh, subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, Spotify, TuneIn, or wherever the heck else you listen to your podcasts. And you can check out the full show archive out on SoundCloud. Five years and over 300 episodes worth of shows out there. And you can become a Mike Cybertronian and join the MSRP Friends and Fans Facebook group and tune in for another one of these Mike Cybert Radio podcast live streams uh, that is uh, streaming live on Twitter, YouTube, Twitch, and Facebook Live. Like, share, rate, and review the show. Let us know what you like and what you'd like to hear more of in the future. For my guests, George Soroy, Ryan Jett, Greg Tansley, my name is Mike. This has been Mike Cybert Radio. And until next time, tell all our one make a choices you've been listening to the mike cybert radio podcast follow us on facebook twitter and instagram by searching at mike cybert radio email us at mike radio at gmail.com the spelling on that of course is s-e-i-b-e-r-t call into the voicemail hotline at 231-224-MIKE Once again, that's 231-224-6453. Special thanks to Michael Geisler for our theme music. For more like it, check out bydoormusic.com. This has been a Mike Seibert Radio Production. Bye bye bye. I couldn't think of a rocky one. Oh. Yeah, bye bye bye. I can, I, yeah, what's a what's a rocky if one? If he dies, he dies. Oh yeah, there, there you go. <laughs>
You'll lose. You'll lose. That simulation's uh, got people talking. (laughs) There it is. There it is. You know what's so funny? I've made so many jokes about that recently, I actually forgot what the actual line was. Yeah, it's not that. That That line is never delivered. No, no. It's Caleb just started saying it, and it just, it's kind of just like an amalgamate. Like, it's not even, yeah, it does not occur. (laughs) <laughs> oh, speaking of, speaking of Caleb, uh, real quick, real quick. So uh, Caleb couldn't be here today, but he sent me a lengthy, oh. lengthy text message that I totally oh, forgot to read. So I'm, I'm going to read this very Fantastic. quickly as a post-credit scene. We, we've crossed over into the post-credit scene from <laughs> Caleb Carter. <clears throat> In the late 1980s, the Soviet Union devoided a quarter of its gross economic output to the defense sector, parentheses. At the time, the most Western analysis put the figure at 15%. He did copy this from the Wikipedia. Yeah, there he even has the, uh, has the at, at, attribution number there. At the time, the military industrial complex employed at least one of every five adults in the Soviet Union. Citation needed. In some regions of the Union of Soviet Socialist Republics, at least half of the workforce was employed in defense plants. The comparable U.S. figures were roughly one-sixteenth of the gross national product and about one of every 16 in the workforce. In 1989, one-fourth of the entire Soviet population was engaged in military activities, whether active duty, military production, or civilian military training. Uh, Caleb also adds, and Chernobyl happened a year after the Rocky Four. So, so that's Caleb's contribution. That sounds about like what he does on our our podcast. So, <laughs> I don't know if you guys yep. have uh, have listened to the last episode we did. Uh, or, yeah, I think we it's it's already out. But uh, whenever we yeah. recorded the last two episodes, Caleb realized that he had not watched either of them <laughs> when he got to the the studio here to record it. <laughs> it, it. It was bound to happen sooner and then later. Yeah, but. Um, 